Hey, this is Heather Kiefer, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Brown here. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Alright, we are back with another episode of the Moto X Pod Show, episode 182 tonight. Austin Forkner, Josh Garner from YCF uh, USA Mini Moto Guy, and the 7 Deuce Deuce Adam Intonap on tonight, as well as a new Blood Lubricants cross-rutted segment. We may have a couple special guests on for that, but I want to thank all, all of our sponsors right off the bat. The title sponsor of the moto x pod show cherubies usa you guys know for decades cherubies has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories with products that fit perfectly look amazing and last a cherubies has what you need visit cherubiesusa.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and tell brian fullerton talon volan that the moto x pod show sent you obviously x brand goggles have been around forever with us it feels like well, I've been working for them for a long time. They're on board for 2021. X-Brand Goggles, Williams Moto Works, Motor Works, Extreme Colors Helmet Painting, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, uh, Allsport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, and Power Band Racing all on board. Apologize for a little bit of uh, discombobulation tonight. Trying to figure the mics out last minute. In studio, Scotty T. What's up, dude? What's up, man? We made it, though, so it's all, all's good. Yeah, yeah. Glad to have you back. Um... You know, last week you missed out. You had some personal stuff going on. Sorry for that. Yeah. Glad you're back this yeah, week. Yeah. Um, some things to talk about before Austin Forkner comes on. So before we went on the air, hey, let me know if everybody says the, the sound is okay with you two okay. yeah, because I'll, of the I'll, mic change and all that. I want to make sure we're good. If anybody says anything. I'll yeah. Just know. ask them, hey, if you're on YouTube right now, let us know. Make sure it sounds okay. But um, the, schedule, the schedule changed. The new venues dropped today. Yep. We have... Uh, let's see, Atlanta Motor Speedway on, what is that, uh, uh, April April the 10th, 13th, and 17th. That's, that's going to be cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a venue we've never been to before. Uh, you know, similar, I guess, we have, we've obviously seen a, the races at the Daytona Speedway, Motor Speedway, never at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Sean Brennan contacted me a little while ago and said, man, they're going to have three different tracks within that venue. Yeah. That's Awesome, dude. How much work are they going through to make this thing spectacular for us? And just that's that's so awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, those in, those infills are huge. So I wonder if they're going to do like different types of dirt for, for different ones. And I doubt they would bring in a bunch of different styles of dirt. But yeah. I mean, I guess they could go find some sand nearby. Yeah, yeah, who, yeah that's that's actually not a bad question. But also it kind of reminds me of like, I mean, we've always seen Daytona, but it's always that that beach sand and that that really black sand yeah but i rem it makes me think of the of the charlotte days where it was that stadium like that but it was actual like hard pack peaked dirt and right stuff. so yeah. hopefully it'll be kind of kind of something so a more wide track 
like that you would see a Daytona, but still more super crossy, kind of like how that Charlotte one was. So I, that'll be interesting. Yeah, it's, it's I'm excited. You know, last week Sean was on and talked about the track maps. We don't know what any of these tracks are going to look like, so we have a new surprise coming. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, it, most of us love to look at those track maps and see what what we're in store for, and of course they could change a little bit. Like, but yeah, super long rhythm section yeah. would be cool. I mean, even, who knows? I mean, they may yeah. do like one that's like that, like you say, real long, and maybe yeah. another one that's tight. Yeah. Um, that gives you a lot of room. Yeah, and then of course February thirteenth and February twentieth, they're going to be in Orlando. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, maybe Stu will show up. You think Stu comes out and races? I'm. Does does I mean does he go with Sexton to a lot of those? Does he, does well, he need to? I mean, well, I mean, he just started working with him, right? He did, he made a couple outdoors. I think or maybe yeah, one. One, I think he came and to showed one. up. But um, I mean, it would make sense for him to show up at at Orlando. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's not a race I'll be at. Uh, sorry, I'm texting there, with TJ and getting things figured well, out. There's, I mean, there's going to be so many people after him, anyways. It's not. Like, I mean, it it wouldn't even honestly think. I don't think it'd be worth even trying to get in contact with him. Cause like every, cause he never shows Stu? up. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, yeah. I have no, yeah. <laughs> I have no end with Stu. So. Yeah, he's uh, like, he's like a Sasquatch. You like, you, you never, you're never gonna. You, you, yeah, he exists, but you don't. It's a see mermaid. Him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just turned your volume up, so let uh, tell people if it gets too loud. I'm trying and, to. Uh, Fullerton, Brian Fullerton said it sounds great. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm just messing with knobs because MTJ gave me crap, but we, we, I think we have a couple channels on our board that maybe went out. Um, but anyway. Moving on with the show, so two new cool venues. Unfortunately, Glendale, which was on the schedule, didn't work out. And, I mean, we know that Feld loves going there. Incredible venue, incredible track every year, always yeah. good racing, good dirt, uh, and, and an incredible fan base. I got to go last year for the first time, or maybe it was – no, not, I guess – no, in 19. And okay. that place – I did not make it in 20 this year, but 19 I went, and that place was awesome. There's so much room. Dude, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And and I know Feld's super disappointed. Uh, they, I'm sure they'll have it figured out and back in 21. Yeah. Just sure. unfortunate, you know. A lot of people wanted us to go to or the the series to go to California. Not That's gonna not going to happen. But they're Feld we is doing even get close, dude. Feld is doing everything they can though to make this thing awesome for us. They're working really hard. Like they could have. I mean, I guess they could have been like, hey, you know, our Glendale's out. Can't really find another venue right now, so no race. Yeah. But they, they, they are fighting to make this thing awesome so for us. Is that where Atlanta came in was to was to replace Glendale? Yes. Okay. Yes. See now I, <laughs> I hate to do this, but your volume just went out again. Like where are you are you there? Yeah. Check, check, I mean, check. All right, TJ, if you're listening, we're gonna have to buy a new board, dude. I'm tired <laughs> of this. This is getting really ridiculous. But um yeah, Atlanta, I believe, took place of Glendale. Yeah. Uh, and there's only going to be two races in Orlando, 13th and 20th. No Tuesday to race that week. Right. But um, I think that's going to happen in a few is cities. Is there still going to be a triple crown? I believe so, yeah. Do yeah. The- I, I don't – I haven't – I as I told Sean earlier, crazy day today at work, almost zero time to look at anything. Yeah. So I don't have those details. We could probably get him on the phone here in a little bit. I could try calling him back. Yeah. Um, what do we got? Ten minutes before – yeah, um, let's let's take a quick break and see if we can get Sean on. Okay. Hey, so uh, we uh, yeah we're sitting here talking the intro of this show and discussing the new the changes in the schedule, and we we were kind of curious about the triple crown situation. That's not going to happen, is that right? That is correct. Yep, we're gonna we're gonna hold off on the triple crowns uh, until twenty twenty two. Okay. 
Um, they're they're the as you know they're they're demanding on the race teams. Sure. Yeah. So bringing extra bikes and things like that, extra you know motors. I mean, they're very, you know, from a logistical standpoint, they're just more demanding. So we thought that we would give the teams, you know, a little bit of a a break and an ease up um, on those events for this year. Yeah, that makes sense. See, that's all stuff that as media guys or just random fans, we don't necessarily think about those those really the Mm -hmm. details, right? We're just like, why not? We want this is what we want, Sean. Make it happen. Make it so. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, before we only have a few minutes before we get Austin Forkner on, but when you you guys have talked about having other venues sort of in the back pocket in case something happens, uh, but then when Glendale goes away, like how much of a scramble is it to put another venue on those those particular dates? It has to be a lot of work. It can't be just. I'm sure it's not just like all right, make one call and it's done. No, and I wouldn't use, I mean, it's, the word scramble is not the right word because we're never scrambling, right? Okay. Because we are always in contact with several venues. I mean, we're always in contact with our venue partners, right? Right. So, you know, there is somebody, you know, here in the organization that has an, a huge spreadsheet that is following COVID, not only by state, but by city, but by county and by local markets and matching that stuff up with venues. So we always know where or where we can't go, right? Okay, yeah, sure. But absolutely, we are three, four, five, six steps ahead you know, so no, we didn't just pick up the phone yesterday and call Orlando and say, <laughs> hey, what do you think about this? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Those, those conversations happen, you know, weeks ahead of time as potential scenarios. You know, sure. one, uh, what do you think? Two, do you have those dates open? Three, you know, a little more, uh, obviously a little more groundwork went into it with um, Atlanta. You know, we had to do a site visit up there. Uh, so we've been working on that for quite a while. But, yeah, we actually had to have boots on the ground. People go up there, make sure that it would work uh, with all of our rigs and the race teams and, you know, everything that we need to do for Fan Fest. So, you know, some of them are a little bit further uh, along or I should say more time is needed, you know, if you, especially if you have to fly there and have somebody and, you know, several departments on site to make sure that we can make it work. Um, but others are a little bit quicker because we are always in constant, you know, communication with our venue partners. Yeah. Well, it's, it's very impressive. It's a lot of ins and outs that most of us don't really think about. And, yep. uh, you know, look, you guys get, you get the uh, the keyboard warriors and the other some of the other guys kind of the talking. You know, they're they're not always not everybody's always happy with everything, yep. all the decisions made. But I think you guys yep. are uh, working your butts off and very appreciative of what you guys do, so that we do have a series. So uh, yes. and, and I really yep. appreciate you jumping on with us last minute. Um, and as as I'm sure you are aware, we're a little discombobulated again this evening because. <laughs> we seem to have a uh, mixer issue. Last week when I was doing the show, 
at the end, a mic went out. And I switched channels, and then neither of them were working again tonight. And oh. I, I don't know. We're just gonna have to. We're gonna have to spend you some more fire money. Fire that production guy. Fire the production guy. Let him know that the talent can't work. That's TJ. You have good tools. DJ TJ, you are officially fired. <laughs> Perfeld. Sorry, buddy. So, sorry, buddy. Sorry. If you can't hang it at this level, you got to go. I yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, Sean, man, I appreciate you jumping on. Um, we're going to get Austin Forkner on here in a minute, and we're going to see how he's doing and if he's ready to go. Awesome, man. Let me know if you have any other questions, and uh, good luck with the rest of the show, buddy. All right. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate yep. you, man. You're right. welcome. See Bye-bye. Once again, that's Sean Brennan from Feld uh, with the last-minute saving of the day with the info. Since yeah. I didn't have all the notes together like I needed, Um what do you think about it, though? I mean, it's it's pretty impre- like I said, it's impressive. I'm excited, yeah. ready for some racing. Yeah, I think it. I think it's going to be good. I think that it's it's going to be different, but still the same. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're getting the full 17 sure. rounds, and we're getting different places, we're getting fans, so that's going to feel normal. The the doing three venues at one or three races at one venue that'll be a little different, but they proved at Salt Lake City that they can handle that. Right. So I I think it's going to be good, and well, and being a being a where we live three hours from Houston and two hours from Dallas and getting six rounds. I mean, I know yeah, last night when I, I called in, anything. I asked Matt this cause they, they didn't know the dates or the venues for sure yet. Yeah. They weren't, you know, and Steve says he didn't know what they were. I was like, Oh, maybe what if it's we San Antonio? Like they were talking about originally. Oh yeah. That'd Wouldn't, be cool. <laughs> yeah. Like have nine rounds in Texas. Yeah. That'd be great. Right. But uh, anyway, Hey, so a couple of weeks ago we said, we're going to give away a set of fly racing tie downs. Yep to one of our Patreon supporters. I picked four emails. We're going to pick... I'm, I'm going to read four of those emails tonight okay. in a little while. You're going to pick the one you like the best for the winner of the fly tie-down. So okay. I want to let everybody know that. We have one more week on the Acherbys USA handguards. Okay. So all you have to do is email me or email us at MotoXPodShow at Gmail and give us a story of why you deserve the the Cherubies handguards. Yeah. We'll pick a winner. I, I said one more week, but actually we're not going to do a show next week since it's Christmas. So you actually have two more weeks. So get those in. Um, yeah, those winter series races will feel a lot better with some brand new cheers. Yeah, or some of those cross country guys, maybe. Yeah, yeah they, I mean they're awesome. So I need to get a set. I love handguards. Uh, and don't forget, we're going to be doing the blood lubricants cross rented section in a little while at the end of the show after Adam and Nap. And I think DJ TJ may come on, even though Sean just fired him. We may let him come on <laughs> for one more segment. And we have a special guest that's going to come on for that also. And this special guest doesn't even know why he's coming on. Oh, I didn't tell good. him. I just said, hey, can you come on the show? So, quick break. We'll be back with Austin Forkner. What's up, guys? This is the 7 Juice Trade out of Anticam. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020... They are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeeUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Moto S. Pajo sent you. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal. But thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. 
X-Brand Goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey guys, this is Gary Sutherland, 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion, and I trust X-Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X-Brand Goggles. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and whenever I want to be best dressed, I wear X-Brand goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm, and for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X-Brand as my goggles. Now, X-Brand goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to EKSBrand.com or email DarksideMX3 at AOL.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then you. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy lock-on grips today. All right, our first guest of the night is brought to you by Torque One Racing, and they're bringing you high-quality, they're providing high-quality, economical performance parts. Check out TorqueOneRacing.com for grips, pegs, handlebars, and more. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Big supporter of the Moto X-Pod show. Tonight, Torque One Racing brings us Pro Circuit's Austin Forkner. What's up, dude? Yeah, how's it going? It's going good, man. Glad to have you back on the show. It's been a little bit. Um little bit of a rough 2020 for you but i you know well you know what it started the racing started out really good but unfortunately another heartbreak uh how, how have you overcome that are you ready for 2021 and to to get things going again yeah no i'm ready um <clears throat> i mean obviously it sucks um it i was pretty close yet again so just kind of one of those deals I, honestly it like it was easier than the year before, I guess. So, okay. like, it was easier to handle since I'd already gone through it kind of once. Obviously not the, the actual injury, but, like, you know, like, almost winning a championship or almost, you know, that was a little bit easier. But um, but as far as, like, the injury, the injury was gnarly. It was uh, something that I, it, I don't know if you can really prepare for. It was, it was pretty brutal. Like, it was... It was definitely like my ACL the year before was 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 pretty bad, but that's more of kind of a typical injury. That's what happened last year with my um, or this year with my uh, my pancreas and my spleen and all that stuff that I just kind of destroyed on my inside. Yeah, uh, it was pretty bad deal. Like it, it it was yeah it was I bled a lot internally and I was in the hospital for like a week and it was uh, yeah pretty pretty serious deal. So, yeah, but-, um, but yeah, I mean. I don't really have any complications from that right now. Like, I, I mean, they, they're pretty much like you'll you'll either be good or you won't. And I and I didn't have enough taken out of my pancreas. Uh, I think I had like thirty percent or something like that. They okay. Take out my whole spleen, but you can live without your spleen. But sure. What, I mean, you can without your pancreas. But when you start to get below fifty percent, you're gonna have some issues. So they only had to take out thirty or so. So uh, I'm. I shouldn't have any problems, they said, and I haven't really noticed any problems. Obviously, I had some, like, stomach issues, and it took me a while to be able to eat right again, and and uh, I'm, I'm fine now, but I just, that was 
some of the things I noticed. But, yeah, I mean, not really any side effects now. So, I mean, that's good. Yeah, good to hear. I know when the the injury was at Salt Lake City, seventh the seventh race of Salt Lake City, um, going on the dragon, Dragon's back. Those things, man, are sketchy all the time. I, I, but originally you guys didn't think it was that big of an injury, right? I mean, it was – how long did it take before you realized how much damage was actually done? Well, no, uh, I, I think nobody else – I think nobody – Nobody other than me thought it was a bad injury. I, uh, like, nobody knew. Yeah. I was by myself in the hospital for, like, a long time. It was, it, like, they let they let um, Riley come in for, like, maybe a couple minutes to see me before I went into surgery. But I was in surgery. Or they were, they had me in, like, the ICU or whatever, preparing for surgery this whatever that room is they had me in there for like eight hours like they didn't do surgery for eight hours because they had i guess other people who were more urgent i guess thought yeah uh, who they thought was more urgent yeah i was i was suffering pretty bad like in that time i don't i kind of i mean um i whenever i initially crashed i thought that i did something to my shoulder i thought my shoulder not my left shoulder blade was was broke but um and I was like, I thought maybe because I was having a little trouble breathing at the beginning. I was like, okay, maybe I maybe I broke some ribs, punctured a lung. I've never really done any internal stuff like that, so I was like, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. But I was like, it, I'm having trouble breathing, and my left shoulder hurts bad, like my shoulder blade, like in my back. And then I mean, turns like that's kind of where your like your insides are, like just under your shoulder blade. But it it was just, I mean, just turns out that that's where I was hurting from, you know, ripping my inside the part so that's uh I, I was like shoulder blades broke shoulder blades broke yeah they got to the hospital and they did x-rays and they were like uh nothing is broke but your insides are not not very good and i didn't even know any i was like out of it like i don't i hit my head a little bit but i was like i think that i was just like in halfway shock kind of you know like my oh, I'm body sure. was just kind of freaking out um and i didn't know what was going on i was i was like in and out of passing out or them knocking me out or you know sleeping or and then i woke up and i'd puke and i'd go like i didn't know what was going on it was a pitch black room there was nobody allowed in there my nurse would come in once every felt like three four hours like i don't remember (laughs) like you know i don't even remember they'd come in they'd give me something i'd wake up go it was bad and i was in a lot of pain so i don't really remember a lot of that but um i mean they after the fact they were like like obviously everybody told me like yeah you were in there for like eight hours before you actually got had surgery and i was like begging them for surgery i was like yo please take me in it's like my best memory of that whole like hospital experience was whenever they wheeled me in the room and i saw all the bright lights and like the the surgery people looking down on me because i was like so happy that finally i was going in for surgery because i was like nothing can hurt worse than this right i have to feel better after surgery and it turned out that i just was so full of blood that i couldn't breathe like my lungs couldn't expand so that was wow uh yeah like that because i was telling them like that was my main complaint is i was like i can't breathe like i literally i can't breathe and then afterward the doctor was like yeah um it was you bled a little more than we thought uh and no wonder you couldn't breathe like you're you were full of blood so they were like yeah, I guess that had just drained me for a little bit, and they didn't give me a transfusion, but they were they thought about it. Um, but I guess they decided not to, and I'm fine. So, but um, yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was worse 
because because they didn't do surgery on me for so long, it was worse than they thought. Like mm-hmm. by the time they got in, I bet. Um, and I tried to tell them I was like, guys, I'm like, I know you guys probably don't know much about motocross. We get hurt a lot, <laughs> and uh, I've been through some. I've had some stuff that's like pretty serious injuries, and this like, uh, like this is bad. Yeah, like, yeah. We need. <laughs> we you gotta need know to your own body. Like, like you, you need to take me in. Like, like cut me open. Like, I don't care what the MRIs say or what. Like. You guys need to get inside. Like something, it's not right. Like I don't think you guys should be waiting. Like this seems somewhat urgent, at least to me, anyway. Well, that's, well I'm glad that it worked out. You know, I mean, because it, it could have went a lot worse, right? If they did, they left you longer. So, but let's get to some more positive stuff. We're coming into 21. Um, look, if you're young still, all the all these last two, you could. There's a lot you could take away positive from these last two years, as far as how you did go up to the injuries and if you can learn from those two things, those two seasons and apply that in 21, I mean, you're one of the favorites, obviously, if not the favorite, depending on what coast I asked you last night, if you knew, and you said you didn't. Um, but what, so tell me like, how do you set your mind forward and not think about the past and except for maybe what you learn and use, use that to, have a good season. What are you going to take away? What are you going to prove? Like, just get, go through that for me. I mean, this is kind of my, my, well, I mean, it is um, my last year on a 250. Sure. So it's kind of like, I mean, I'm, I'm not really anything is, is changing though. I'm not like, Oh, like I have this extra pressure. This is my last year. Like I got to make it happen. Like I'm, I've been trying to make it happen since I turned pro. Like it just hasn't worked out, you know, stuff happens. So, it, nothing is really different other than just I've kind of been through some things. I've learned some things. I, I am going to obviously try my best not to let those things happen and take what I learned and make sure, you know, things don't happen. But sometimes, like, that's what, that's what you know, people don't really get is sometimes things just happen. Like, of course. You no, know, things just happen sometimes. And, um, you know, is what it is. And I've, I've, I've learned a lot. And I'm going to try my best best to win a championship i've been trying to win a championship <laughs> since i turned pro of course so not nothing you know not nothing is super different just the fact that i've been through some things i've learned some things and i'm going to try to apply those things that i've learned to uh, i mean obviously try not to get hurt that's that's my goal but uh, i mean it's 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 uh the the two things r- trying to ride your dirt bike r- really really fast faster than anybody else and not fall is uh <laughs> Those those two things are they're they're really hard to do. So yeah, that's why yeah. it's so hard to win. That's why it's hard to win races and championships because it's it's. I mean, you know, you fall and <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, you know, it happens. So yeah. That's, uh, I was gonna say I'm really really slow and I crash all the time, so I get it. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it, it it is it is what it is, but I'm gonna not think about anything that's happened in the past. Good. I'm gonna go into this season, I I I feel good and I feel. You know, I, I don't feel any extra pressure than I already would put on myself in any other circumstance. I feel, you know, I feel ready and I uh, just started riding a new bike and it, it feels it feels pretty good. And obviously we have plenty more time to, to figure some stuff out before before racing starts. Um, so, yeah, I feel uh, I feel good. And, um, yeah, I'm going to obviously try to win a championship this year. Yeah, Austin, um, it's it kind of we've talked about the Dragonbacks. Um, do you think that that is something that is kind of that they've been kind of getting carried away with? You know, it ended your season, it ended AC season. Uh, 
and it ruined Cooper's season. Do you think that we see less of those this year, or do you do you think that that needs to is something that needs to change, or do you think it was just one of those? It just is what it is, you know. <laughs> um, I I don't I don't know. Like my, my mistake on the dragon's back was was completely my fault. Um, um, I tried. I thought about trying to like skip the top one and just go all the way into the turn. I thought it would be faster. I was looking at it all day, um, and I was sizing it up the lap before, and I went to go for it, and right at the top, I was like, nope, don't have it, backed out, and I just landed straight into that top one, and it just bucked me over. So that was um, that was completely my fault. Their deal, I mean, they kind of, I think they both crashed on like the same dragon back, so I don't know if yep. there was something up with that, but it seems like they've been putting a little bit less dragons backs in the races over the past few years. It seemed like one year, a few years ago, there was one in every race, so it seems like they've been maybe taming back on it, um, but but they're just. I feel like they're they're inconsistent to build. So every one that they build is a little bit different, and yeah. like that, it seems like every single dragon back you ride, whether it's a practice tracker or, or a race, even you can have the same guy go build a dragon's back, and they're going to be built different. So it just kind of depends on the the build, and that's what we've been figuring out is like putting them in you know practice tracks and stuff like it's it's we want everything to be so realistic but it's like how can we you know copy everything because they're not even the same at the races so right it's, just, it's I, I don't know they must be hard to build they must be you know hard to spec out and everything so um i don't know just some are obviously a lot harder than others and some will get you that, that i mean they'll they'll get you like you got to be i mean that's that's one thing about them is is it's a jump, but it's also whoops. So if you get any buck off that top one, I mean, you're you're going over. So that's 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 what's tough. Absolutely, I think the one in Arlington, as I recall, that got Cooper and AC. The top one, everyone was saying, was it wasn't consistently heightwise, like it sort of flattened out. So yep. they were missing it basically. You know, if they didn't hit it just right, they were going and it just threw it all off. But that that goes exactly into what you were saying. Just building them is probably not easy. Um, Hey, how's how is training going? How is the new bike? Uh, does it? What's better about it? Well, I mean, it has electric start for one. That's <laughs> obviously better. Yeah, uh, that's 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 the main change that that everybody's kind of been waiting for. You know, sure. for the Cowie has an electric start. They're they're kind of one of the last guys to not have it. So that's that's a big change, and that's something that I'm happy about. Um, um, obviously, I mean, there's been times where you know, bike not starting has, has cost me a lot of points. So, yep. um, that, uh, that's, that's definitely good. And, um, I, I, I think it's, it's just kind of similar to, to the 450. They just kind of made it similar to that. Um, just obviously in the 250, the 250 version. So it's, it, I've only had about a week on it. I've only been riding it about a week. I just came out to California, um, last week um, we're, we're getting there. Like, obviously, I mean, it's a brand new bike when you have, and this is what I've been telling everybody too, like all my team members and stuff. I'm like, if I'm not like, and I told myself this too, I'm like, I'm probably not going to go out here and be, you know, a hundred percent pumped on it right away because my other bike, we've had three years or four years of testing done on that. And that, that bike was, I mean, it was a championship capable bike. Like that was one of the best feeling bikes I've ever had in my life, you know? So so we've had a lot of testing done on that, and I basically had that thing just money, just set up perfect. So 
Um, I knew it's obviously going to take some time to get this bike good, but I mean, I've only had a week on it and I'm definitely feeling some comfortability and, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely going good. So, um, I like hearing that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So no, and, and I like it. Uh, it feels, you know, cowy like it feels at home as far as the chassis goes and the, the overall feel of the bike feels good. Um, just obviously getting suspension right is, is, is kind of the main thing. I mean, you know, I think Mitch probably knows how to build a motor. You think? Oh, so I just kind of, I'm, and I'm not that, I'm not like, you know, that picky about a motor anyway, but, and I, I don't think a lot of guys are that picky about the motor. I think it's, it's mainly suspension, yeah. so especially with super fast. It's, it's suspension. So, um, that's, you know, that's the main focus. And, uh, yeah, that's, I've just been testing and we've been getting the bike set up and I mean, I've only had a week on it again, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it feels, it feels pretty solid. Good to hear. Yeah, you've uh, you've been with Mitch for a while. Even with you, you know, I know he had part of your your amateur career too. What's uh, what's something kind of like interesting or kind of weird or something, just something like an interesting something that uh, Mitch that Mitch does that you've noticed over the years? Um, I don't know. I guess maybe uh, just the fact that how, how he how he comes off. You know, sometimes in the racing scene around, you know, he he comes off as like you know, as the, as a, a hard, you know, boss type, but like behind, I guess, close. And, and he is at times, like when he, when he has to be, when he has to be the boss and he has to do stuff like that. But, um, like behind, I guess, closed doors or whatever, like I've stayed at this house, obviously a lot, whenever I came out to California and, and he's like completely opposite, you know, funny, joking and, and all that stuff. So I guess it's just the, I mean, you just kind of see people in certain ways, and he can be like that sometimes when he has to be, obviously, but um, there's kind of two sides of him, I guess. So that's, I guess, just one thing that's kind of sometimes a, a misinterpretation of him, I guess. Yeah, we hear all the stories of how he used to be, and uh, so, yeah, he, he, I, I've heard he softened up a little bit. That's that's probably for the best. Um, last thing I have for you, Austin, and I'm not going to ask any details, but when you're in the limelight, when you're an athlete, a musician, and you go through anything difficult in life, injuries or anything else, um, bat, you know, whether it be a low time in your racing career or personal stuff, everybody has something to say. Everybody talks crap, the keyboard warriors. But as human beings, myself, if I have a bad day and I want to vent or I'm stressed or I'm sad, there's really nobody to to other than my close people that talk to me, you know, give me good advice. There's nobody like looking at me under a microscope like there are with professional athletes and yourself. I, how I'm trying to think, how do you do you, first of all, do you feel like it's fair that people can comment on your personal life or your racing or anything and talk crap? And is it something that you can grow from? I don't know. Like just discuss what it's like to have to deal with that because all of us go through crap and have our bad days but unfortunately, somebody like you, you're almost not allowed to, because and then everybody talks shit. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. <laughs> I uh, have. I guess I'm. I'm. Uh, according to what you know, people have said, I'm somewhat polarizing. Is like you either like me or you don't, or you know, that's I guess how I come off. And um, I've had, you know, like I don't know, I. I, it, my way, I guess, maybe I come off as, you know, seeming like I don't care, like, you know, I don't care what anybody says or whatever, but that's kind of my way of handling things like that. Like, I say I, 
you know, I, I, I try not to care what, you know, people, what I see on social media and stuff. And, and maybe people think that that, that comes off as, as arrogant or somebody that just, oh, I like, I don't care. Like I'm better than them. Like that's not the case. That's just, I guess my way of, of handling, like it, I've, I've caught myself, um, actually after the first round of Anaheim this year, when I crashed, I crashed in practice and then I didn't win the race and all dude, I had, and then like, I got penalized for cutting that like little bit of the track off or whatever. All my, I had people going off on me, telling me like, I've, I've like, <laughs> I've literally had people on my Twitter and stuff telling me to kill myself. Like it's, it's bad. Like yeah. it's, it's crazy. Like it's, it, I don't really know what possesses people to do that first off, but like second, it's like, dude, it, it's just, it's, it's crazy. So, so that's just kind of my way of going about it is I just kind of, you know, don't care. I, I caught myself getting affected by that at the beginning of the year and, and actually I had to delete social media for a while and, and just to, to get away from it. Cause I, I caught it affecting me and, and me, caring about what these people are saying and me getting upset about it and like that, that is i should never do that like that's that these people are like not to sound like that guy but 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 they're they're nobodies you know like like how who are they to talk about me and to know what i'm going through and and everything that it takes you know like yeah like it's just that's i mean that's that's just kind of the way that i look at it and it's it's obviously it's hard, and, and that's that's another thing is I have a I have a select group. I have a tight, really tight group of people. Um, I uh, kind of have this saying like trust no one because I I have this really tight group of, of friends that I've had for a long time or that I know are you know real people. And if I'm going through something or if I need to talk to somebody, I talk to them. And and it's not a type of relationship with these people where you know I, I could go six months a year without seeing them without talking to them and if we see each other we're immediately you know just giving each other crap joking with each other you know whatever like it's that type of of friendship because we are like it's real you know nothing's fake i don't i absolutely do not tolerate fake people that's so i i keep my i keep my circle really small and really tight and i only have you know if i'm going to talk to somebody about a, a real problem um I go to them because that's good. That's good to hear. You know, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a big group of, of people. You know, I, some people are like, have all, all these friends and all these, I, I don't, I have, to be honest, I probably have a realistic of, you know, five friends that I could talk, that I would feel comfortable, maybe even less than that, that I would feel comfortable uh, talking to about, you know, serious, you know, topics or conversations. And I have my right. family, obviously, sure. but but if I have actual friends, it's, it's small. So that's that's just how I go about it. I keep everything tight. I, I And everybody's like, oh, you don't have any friends. And I, I'm like, no, I, I have friends. And I'm completely happy with the amount of friends and with the, <laughs> right. the people that I have in my circle. Like, I like I, I don't, that's why I'm like, people are like, oh, you're, you, you, you know, seem like you don't, you know, care what people think or you don't try to make friends. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to make friends. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not sure. trying to go out on the track and be buddy buddies with these guys that I've, I've got to go you know, compete put against. on the ground at times. Yeah. You know, that's, that's not me. I'm, I'm not fake. I'm not, I'm not like that. I, I, you know, I have my group of friends and, and I'm completely happy with that. I'm, I'm happy with my life and I'm happy with what I'm doing. So, um, that's, I don't know. That, hey, that's, 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 there's I nothing that, wrong with I, that. I hope that answers, 
I hope that answered your question. I, I kind of got going off topic, but that's, no, that's kind of just what I do. And that's kind of how I handle things is I have a tight group and I really try not to, even though it's hard, sometimes I catch myself, but I really try not to even pay mind of what people say on social media because everything on social media is, you know, toxic. It's like most of it is toxic and most of it is not is fake. You yeah. Know, there's, yeah. There's so much fakeness and like, okay, and like I've said like, Hey, you have a problem with me, like, 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 you know, come say it to my face, you know, call me. Oh, wait, you don't have my number because I don't <laughs> care what you think. That's sure, sure. That's just, that's just, that's just, that's hard. That's just, you know, kind of a joke that I've, that I've said, but that's just, that's kind of, you know, that's, that's part of it. So it's like, if you have a problem, call me. If you don't have my number, then you're probably, I probably don't, you either don't know me well enough to have a problem with me or, you know, I just don't really care about what you have to say in a way, you know? Like, no, that, I think that's you know, healthy. That's, yeah, that's healthy. And, uh, I, you know, don't feel bad about sometimes the comments getting to you. I, I think that's human nature, man. Nobody wants to have somebody say something negative about it. Even if it's somebody that you don't know and is not important in your real life, it still sucks. You still don't want people to feel that way. And, I mean, it, it's it's natural to – Kind of when you see something negative, you know, I mean, I hear like I listen to some like Dax Shepard's podcast and he talks about there could be a thousand positive comments about something he does. and He sees one negative and that's the only one he focuses on. That's human nature. It sucks. And social media brings out the worst in people. But I think you're the way you said you handle it is good. Uh, I think you're going to be a better person for it. And uh, man, I, I appreciate your answer. And really, um, dude, I look forward to seeing you this season. Uh, hopefully you'll be at, I'll be at the Houston and Dallas round. So I'm sure I'll see you at least one of those, but, um, thanks for coming on tonight, man. And giving us some near time. And I know it's a busy time of the year. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, it's been a minute since I've done a, since I've done one of, one of these. So I'm, I'm happy that I, that I was able to, uh, to get on and, and talk to you guys. And I, I always enjoy talking to you guys and, and I always enjoy, um, giving people a side that they don't see, you know, yeah. Every, everybody, everybody always, always answers. Oh, I, you know, people people have made fun of my of my interviews before. You know, saying I, I talk a lot, and I'm like, dude, well, do you want me to go on and say, <laughs> yeah, the race was good. I'd like to thank, you know, blah 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 blah. Like that's nope. not. I try to give people a little bit, just a little bit of who I am, personality. Like, so, and, I, and and these are these are even better for that because you get to talk like I'm talking right now in you know my house, and I'm relaxed, and I say what's on my mind or whatever you know you ask me. So, and I answer it in a true way not a not a fake way not a oh i need to think sponsors way yep. not a anything else it's just just us talking so it really lets people you know figure out who you who you are so i i love doing uh you know podcasts or interviews like this or whatever so um yeah i'm i'm uh thanks for having me absolutely man and definitely once the season gets rolling we'll get you back on again but uh again man thanks and uh have a good evening dude yeah thanks have a good one guys you too see ya bud all right, thanks to Austin for coming on. Uh, we're running a few minutes behind schedule, so let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with Josh Garner. We all know engine oil is the lifeblood of our machines. That's why you need blood lubricants for the highest level of performance and protection. Manufactured here in the USA and designed to handle the heat and humidity. Blood lubricant oil lines such as Pro Elite Series, Pro Series, and the new Scorpion Blood will exceed all your needs. Whether you race moto, sprint cars, side-by-sides, or anything else, Blood Lubricants has you protected. Tests have shown that engines can run up to 30 degrees cooler while using blood. Just ask Chris Kiefer. 
EJ, TJ, and I trust blood lubricants in our machines, so you can too. Go to bloodlubricants.com to order today. Don't forget to check out their Chain Lube, Two Stroke Premix, PolyClean, and many other products. Use promo code MOTOX to support the Moto X Pod Show. Scotty T here from the Moto X Pod Show with another fantastic product from Burn Motorsports. It's Shock Socks, the number one 10 second removable fork seal protector. No one likes having leaky fork seals. With Shock Socks, you can protect your fork seals from the crap at the track in a matter of 10 seconds. Fork seals can be expensive and take away from your ride time, so fight the crime of grit and grime with Shock Socks. Check your local dealer or go to the BurnMotorsports.com webpage. Also, follow them on Facebook and Instagram. So go out and make sure to get your pair of Shock Socks today. If you're anything like me, you remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, all the cool custom-painted helmets that you'd see on Supercross. Jeremy McGrath, Jeff Emig, Damon Bradshaw, all the top riders had custom-painted helmets tricked out, and I was super jealous. I could never afford to get one done. Now there's an option, Extreme Colors. When you're rolling up to the line with a custom-painted helmet, it's one of the coolest feelings you can have. Kirk Hunter has been painting helmets since 1998, and his price is still the same. $295 gets you a professional, one-of-a-kind paint job on your lid. Just contact Kirk at xkhelmetpainting at gmail.com or go to motoxpodshow.com and check out the contact links. Now you, too, can have a custom-painted helmet just like Jeremy McGrath and be the envy of all your friends at a reasonable price. Follow him on Instagram at X-T-R-E-M-E-K-O-L-O-R-S, Extreme Colors. Let them know the Moto X Pod Show sent you. All right, we're back with our second guest of the night, brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. And guys, you know that Fly Racing, every year they improve and bring out cool stuff. The Fly Formula CC came out this year, lower price range of the Formula Helmet. Check them out, flyracing.com. Hitting up sponsoring guys like Zach Osborne, the Beast from the East, Blake Baggett, Weston Pike, many other riders. Flyracing.com. Tonight, Fly Racing brings us Josh Garner. What is up, dude? Not too much. How are you guys? Doing good. Doing good. Just uh, trying to crush another show. You know, putting out the best content out there, the best moto podcast on the planet. I don't know if anybody besides myself believes that, but we're trying to pretend. <laughs> no, I, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. I'll take it. Hey, man, I appreciate it. So, hey, you, you reached out to me. Uh, you are a professional mini moto racer uh, for YCF USA. You helped put on the uh, pit bike races, I guess, the portion at Hoosier Arena Cross. We've had those guys on many times. Give us Just give us some of your background. Tell us what's been going on and why uh, pit bike racing is so important to you. Yeah, uh, just a, a quick recap. You know, I did the whole um, – motocross ranks from 50s all the way up to 250s and stuff and uh but the whole thing behind that is you know growing up like on 85s is when i got my first pit bike and just every day after like the saturday practice just all my buddies would get on the stock 110s and we just go ride for hours and hours and hours and you know it ended up being where you know i i actually enjoyed that more than going racing on sunday and stuff like that and if you don't know who I am, I'm a fairly smaller rider, so, you know, a lot of people chalk that up as, uh, you know, that's why I enjoy pit bikes more. You know, I'm 5'2", two, 5'3", five right. okay. so I fit them better. Um, well, I suck on a pit bike, just so you know. Okay. Uh, right. Anton, well, Anton, Michael Antonovich, Michael Antonovich 
worked me up in Iowa a few months ago, um, and it was embarrassing. But then my producer, who's not here tonight, he claims to be amazing on a pit bike. So I would like to do a grudge match challenge for you to kick my producer's butt at some point at a pit bike race. Okay. I, I think we can make that happen. Um, <laughs> but go, I didn't mean to interrupt I, I you. I apologize. I down there March 13th and 14th for a pit bike race. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So well, we'll, uh, I'll have to, once I get some more details on that, I'll, I'll definitely let you know and hopefully get a good turnout for that one. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead and you know, continue with your story. Um, I, I didn't really even realize till recently that many or pit bikes and stuff were coming back, but it does seem to be really, I mean, I, I hear a lot about it in the last six months or so, like crazy. It, it really is. Um, and if you look around, I think the biggest thing right now, I mean, it started coming back, like you said, about, about six months ago to a year, year and a half. Um, see, when I first actually got into the pit bike racing side of things, I just did it for fun with my buddies and stuff. But, um, it was actually actually the Missouri State uh, Show Me State Pit Bike Series that kind of caught my attention. And basically, when I got into it is when the mini bike craze kind of died out. You know, I think it was pretty popular from like 03, 04 to like 08, 09. Okay, yeah. And I actually got into it in 09, so it was kind of on the downward spiral for that. And then just like you said here recently, it's uh, kind of kicked back up. And uh, I actually got with YCF, um, I want to say 2018. And ever since then, it's been kind of kind of growing in our area here in the Midwest. Um, I'm sure you guys see, you know, the uh, Ryan Sipes and Pastrana and, yep. you know, the big California races with big pro purses and stuff. So, you know. Pit bikes is always something I've done. So when I actually moved to Kansas uh, last year, there was nothing going on. Um, and I really didn't have the need or want to ride a big bike again. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to see if I can reach out to some people and get something going myself. And luckily, uh, David Patterson at Inman Motocross Track and Chris Miller were able to help me out and uh, got a pit bike track going. They gave me a couple dates and said, hey, let's let's give it a shot. And that's kind of how we got started here in Kansas. And then I guess it went well. Uh, there's, you know, a lot of people reaching out to me and, uh, it looks like we're going to have a, a big range of events for next year. Not just for me putting it together. It's, you know, everyone else getting involved and interested and it's really cool to see it grow here too. Yeah. What I took away from it. So I went to Justin Brayton's race up in Iowa, uh, Winterset, Iowa, I believe it was at his little thing. And they have, they had a pit bike race, and I forget what they call them, but they're like, they're not trail bikes. I forget what the heck they call them. I, I saw what you, I know what you're talking about. They're almost like, like they didn't have any suspension, as I yeah. recall. They were just. It's like those farm and home bikes, right? Yeah, yeah. And, dude, it was so cool. There were so many people, you know, lining the track and cheering, and it really was just all in fun. I didn't see anybody taking it super serious, and I. Yeah, I didn't get involved with the mini the the pit bike scene when it was real big back in you know the, like you said the two thousands, uh, but I feel like people were putting so much money into it that that took all the fun out of it and probably what killed it. If you could take people and just keep it at a minimum price wise and just go out and have fun with your buddies, I, I, I could see it being an insane amount of fun. I just I need to get like a one ten, but yeah, I, I think there's a lot to it. Uh, it, there's a big future for it or a, a lot of possibilities if people wouldn't just 
Yeah, can't be so serious. Right, and you know, I think there's a fine line between both of those. You know, you do got the guys that you know have more money in their pit bikes than their 450s, and then you get the guys that you know, like Pastrana and all them that <laughs> just line up on bone stock 110s and just bang bars and have a blast. That's and, what it should be. You know, and I think that's kind of what everyone's seeing and, you know, wanting to get involved. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, it's as far as, like, the fun things, that's that's what I try to um, kind of implement with us, too. I, I get it. You know, a lot of people do. I mean, I have a mod bike myself. Um, so I, I get the whole need for, you know, a decent pro purse and, um, kind of catering a little bit to the, the pro side of things. But, yeah, it, there's not a whole lot more fun on a, a stock 110 or, you know, kind of a, a slower bike that where all your buddies are all kind of equal as far as bike limits and, you know, basically just coming down to, you know, as fast as the bike can go and seeing what happens. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we uh, when one of our listeners was wondering is is this kind of more of like a, a passion project thing that are you that you're doing or is it kind of like your full time job to promote this and or is it just kind of something that you're doing on the side and and do you think it can grow to something where you're run you know you're tagging along to bigger series and you're doing it more full time? Uh, right now, it's just a passion. You know, it's like I said when I came to Kansas, it was a uh, it's just something I like to do. If I make, turned into a full-time job then cool i don't see it right. turning into that yeah. um for me it's just something i like to do and one one of my biggest things for um that i get to take a lot of pride in is uh for example my nephews have never rode before and so pit bikes were just a perfect entryway to get them on dirt bikes and basically show them you know and who knows you know if they want to move up and go on to bigger and better things you know so be it but just a pit bike's a super affordable way to get people entry level onto a dirt bike in general. And agreed. That's something that uh for like my events we have a little guy I can't remember his name, but uh he's riding a little T T R ninety and you know, it was so cool for me to see this guy. He's never rode before or raced, I mean. And uh you know, he went to all three events that I put on and you know, now he's won the sixty five. So, you know, he's gonna graduate from our little events and you know, work his way up and, you know, hopefully have a blast with dirt bikes. And for me, that's what it's all about. Awesome, man. Um, how has the response been at the Hoosier uh, rounds? You said there's four rounds, I believe, at the Hoosier Arena Cross Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the fan response been? And, you know, just I'm sure people come back in the pits and talk about it. What's it been like? Yeah, so the cool thing with Hoosier is their tracks um, are basically perfect for pit bikes. Um Every now and then you'll get an event like that you won't be able to hit like the finish line or something, um, depending on the run up to the face of the jump, stuff like that. Right. You know, the mod, I, was, I should say. Um, but, man, it, it, at the first one we just did, I had a guy drive 12 hours one way. <laughs> um, and, you know, he didn't expect a payout. He didn't expect, you know, really anything. Him and his kid just came and had a blast on some pit bikes. And, um that kind of really set in with me. It's like, man, this guy drove a long way yeah. to ride a pit bike. That's impressive. And so it's like, you, you kind of, like I said, it's kind of that fine line. You know, you got to figure out some kind of incentive for them to want to keep doing it. Um, the biggest thing I found out with pit bike guys over the years is that, at least, again, my experience, it could be um, different with others, is they just don't commit to a full series. So that's why I chose 
you know, only a couple rounds just to kind of get people's feet wet and, you know, hopefully build it to where people, you know, see that it's a good time. Um, you know, last year at Kansas City, I think we had 22 or 24 pit bikes, and it was double-gated. You know, wow. The first gate was full, second gate was full, and it was just a blast. Me and a buddy actually ended up on the back row and, you know, just kind of picked people off throughout the, the laps. And But it was just a crazy turnout, so it, it's really cool to see with Hoosier. And then, uh, you know, Jay has a perfect platform for, you know, really anything um, on the arena cross side of things, from 50s all the way up to, you know, the 450 Pros and it or following the whole series. So it works out pretty good. It's nice to tag along with them because it is a pretty professional crew and uh, to work alongside them for in the very small amount that I get to, you know, it makes everything a lot easier. Yeah, it's it's a cool series. Scott, you got one more thing? Yeah, I got one more. Uh, first of all, your your nephew Landon said, what's up? He, he caught your show. Uh, and then also, I kind of have a, a would you rather question for you. All right, so you said okay. you used to do used to do big bikes. So would you uh-huh. rather hit a hundred foot tabletop on a big bike, just a nice tame big tabletop, or like a fifteen foot peak to peak double on a one ten? <laughs> Man, it, it's kind of tough. Um, that's you know to drag this answer out a little bit and give. Um, you, know, you have with the smaller one ten stuff that's going to be like BMX style stuff where it's peaked and. It's a blast, and you know if you come up short, it's not not good. It's gonna hurt. Yeah. But, uh, but then again, you know, there's it depends on the rider. You know, it's uh, there's there's really one of my favorite things actually. I know I'm supposed to be this pit bike guy, but one of my favorite things is a 125. To me, there there's just one of the most absolute fun you can have on a dirt bike. Um, yeah, so, I have one too. I have a blast on it. What do you have? Oh, oh, CR125. Well, I had a blast on it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And you guys are all lucky, too, with all the tracks you guys have down there. Absolutely. The dirt you guys have. So you guys are a little spoiled than we are, so. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Yeah, that was was the question. All right. Sorry about that. Sorry, Josh. (laughs) I I didn't know if you were done. Um, Well, man, hey, I appreciate you reaching out to us and coming on because I, I do think a lot of people enjoy riding pit bikes. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you're, I didn't write it down, but your social on Instagram is at JGX123X or something. Is that right? Correct. That's okay. It. So, yeah, if you guys want to check out what Josh has got going on and some of the races coming up, uh, at uh, JGX123X. Check it out. Give him a follow. Uh, it's really cool. I, I definitely got to find a 110 at some point um, and maybe – Maybe I could come to that same race and let you and TJ. Well, I'm not letting TJ smoke me. I'm not. I'll freaking just <laughs> T-bone him. T-bone him if I have to. Whatever. T- no, I, I would like to come out and maybe try to do something like that. It'd be, I think it'd be a lot of fun. I would be bad at it. But, um, again, man, I appreciate you reaching out to us. It was cool talking to you. Yeah, no problem at all. I appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, maybe once a few events get going and actually in the books, we'll, yeah. we'll touch base and see where we're at. Sounds good, man. Stay in touch with us. It was really cool talking to you. I appreciate you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks again, guys. All right, Josh. See ya. All right. We uh, got a couple minutes before Adam has to come on. So let's see here. Let's try to think how much time we have. We could do the giveaway for the fly. All right. First, I've got a giveaway for our YouTube listeners. 
So if you're listening post, everybody just I I, I felt everybody perk up. Yeah, so <laughs> I feel bad for the people listening to post, but hmm, excuse me, I have a which I don't know what camera's on. Uh, yeah, you got it. I've got a brand new W USA hat here. I'll give away to a YouTube listener. Let's do okay. So I mentioned that we have a special guest coming on at the towards the end of the show after Adam for the blood lubricants cross rutted section. I will tell you that he is well known and he may or may not have his own podcast. So the first person that can guess who it is wins the hat. Um, anyway, so yeah, let's do that. We've got Adam coming up. We've got five minutes. I'm going to, I'm going to, I think I have enough time to read these emails to you okay. or the, the messages from our patron supporters for the fly racing tie downs. Okay. So how's YouTube going? Anybody, we got any answers coming in? We got answers. Not, Anybody get it right? Not yet. Okay. All right. So don't worry about that for now. Just keep your eye on it. Okay. I picked four messages to win the fly tie downs from our patron supporters. First one, I'm not going to tell you who they are. I'm going to you pick which one you like. First one, and the, the question was, why do you like our show? What sets it apart? Tell us why you like it, and we'll pick a winner. All right, first one. The fact that you guys started as fans and now have grown into your current state. It's pretty cool that normal guys that are outside the industry circles, quotes, has broken in and are still normal guys that interact with your fans and followers. Can't I also ask for somebody to bash TJ to get bonus points? Can't really bash TJ. He's been chatting with me about BMX that I'm going to give a shot again after 38 years. Not sure I would change much about the show. It's all good in my view. So that guy almost is automatically disqualified because he did not bash TJ. Uh, another one. It's real moto. It's real people. You don't suck D or kiss ass. Y'all aren't industry. Dang it. I can't say these words on the show. We got kids. You aren't industry blank suckers that say one thing and do another. You don't cool guy people and you have actual real jobs and do real work. You are the heartbeat of, of the moto, not the bunghole. You're good. <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> I do like this one. You're good dudes in a sea of phony douchebag F-tards that don't give <laughs> S back. Keep on doing what y'all do best. Who the F is TJ? Man, I guess bonus for that. I guess I should have uh, edited that Pre a little bit. Pre-screened him. All right, two more. You guys are motocross, supercross fans that started a podcast. That's cool. You uh you breathe you're a breath of fresh air after listening to Pulpmex and DMXS for many years. You're just good down home people. That's why I support you. You do have a few mechanical interviews or mechanic interviews, but I would love to hear more. The rider interviews are overrated. TJ is dead to me since he switched to BMX. He needs to start the BMX pod show or something. Just <laughs> kidding. We all love DJ TJ. No, we don't. All right, one more. I'm pretty new to the podcast stuff and rekindling my relationship with Moto due to my youngest two daughters being all about it and wanting to race. By the way, this crap got effing expensive. I started listening uh, only a few months ago and enjoy the hell out of the content and the fact that this pod is done out of pure love of the sport. I like to hear from people a little less known in the industry and those that don't get constantly stroked by the other shows. I like to hear real life stuff rather than those those that make it seem like racing is more some glamorous rock star life with boats and hoes 24 seven uh, here from the mechanics, product sales, product managers, amateur series and riders, all those that grind daily without all the accolades to make stuff happen. Those are the four that I picked. Um, you pick one that you like the best to win the fly racing tie downs. Um, those are all really good. 
appreciate everybody join you know sending stuff in um i think i think i'm gonna have to go with the last one because the guy started listening to podcasts and chose us to be I like, like his, it to okay be i like podcast. your reasoning so and I you want to hear something them. cool about that particular one that okay so patreon for those that don't know is a website you can go to you sign up and you can support our show financially monthly. You can give a dollar a month. You can give $5 a month. You can give whatever, $100 a month. Today, Brandon Meeks signed up for Patreon as a, one of our new supporters. And this was his message. He literally just joined today and just won a set of fly racing tie downs because you picked him. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. No, yeah. That's, that's you know, the, new, the, the new people coming in. I yeah. Like, yeah. I like that he chose us. I, uh, I think that's rad that you picked him. Um, that's why I didn't want you to know who was who. Yeah. Um, that's cool. So, and we got some other cool stuff coming up for some patron supporters. I, I may have some signed jerseys coming in January and we're going to do some giveaways with those for our patron supporters. And, um, I am trying to get a fly formula helmet as a giveaway for our patron supporters. That's a big one. That is a big one. So yeah, lots of reasons to help us out, but let's take, uh, our last commercial break and get, I have a winner. Okay, hang uh well go ahead. Who's the winner of the hat? Um Mike Golden. Mike Golden, I like Mike. Yeah, he's a good dude. All right, well cool. Congratulations, Mike. Taking our last commercial break. We're back with the seven deuce deuce. If you want power, then you need Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait, what what was that? It's the Supercross guy voice. No. No, it's not. Sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, builds performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs, hire rev limits, and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like, if you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at... 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at Cam Designer or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W-E-R-X at gmail.com. Okay, that's better. Not good, but better. Fly Racing is back on board with the Moto X Pod show for 2021. What can we say that you don't already know? In 2020, Fly revolutionized the helmet game with the Formula Helmet. For 2021, they brought us the Formula CC with the same Rion technology and a tri-weave composite shell at a fantastic price point. Fly Racing also released the new light pant with a boa in the front. Visit flyracing.com to see everything Fly Racing has to offer from the moto, street, BMX, water, and even mountain bike lines. Once you try Fly Racing, you'll see why riders like the 2020 motocross national champion Zach Osborne, as well as Blake Baggett, gold medalist Connor Fields, and even the beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw, trust Fly Racing. There simply is no better. What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Entertown. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, 
DLD KTM and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeeUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and y'all better tell them Moto X Pajo sent you. Our, uh, our next guest is making his Moto X Pod show debut, and tonight he's going to be brought to you by X-Brand Goggles, which has grown into the choice goggle company for many of the top privateers, Ben LeMay, Jacob Hayes, Ryan Brees, John Short, and possibly this next guy. I don't know if the deal what the deal is yet for 2021, but X-Brand Goggles tonight brings us the one, the only, the seven deuce deuce, Adam Inktonap. What is up, bro? <laughs> What's up, bro? I miss you. It's been a long time. It has. It has. I think the last time we actually talked was when we did uh, the thing with you and Ash on Instagram. The uh, yeah. It was called the. I don't remember what the hell I used to call it. I had to change it to the better half. Uh, Ride or die is what ah. it was. It was originally called Ride or Die, and I was working on trying to get um, Davey to let me do that on Racer X is Instagram. To yeah. Get, and Davey's like, I can't have anything with the name Die in it. So. so ah. So I changed it to the better half, and we're still – Weege is trying to help me get that thing on there. It hasn't happened yet. But anyway, Adam, what is up, bro? Are we ready for 21? Dude, we're just – honestly, we're grinding. I see it. It's on- like I kind of I, – I would kind of say just mid-grind season. Um, it's definitely a little bit different because of the fact that, you know, we start two weeks later. Yeah. So, that's something that's definitely changed, you know, just trying to figure out when, um, when I want my body to peak, how tired can I, you know, how tired can I actually get right now? How hard, (laughs) um, should I be working, you know, and, and just kind of overall, um, you know, making a really consistent schedule and just kind of making everything make sense. Um, it's nice that it is two weeks later because we have two more weeks of time, especially because something that, you know, a lot of people don't think about is that, um, a lot of companies are closed, uh, right at that new year mark. And sometimes, you know, we need parts or we're trying to do suspension testing that week before Anaheim and then everything's closed. And then, you know, um, everybody's right back to wide open. And sometimes you don't get stuff in time for Anaheim. So it's really nice. Um, it's really, really nice that we have, an extra two weeks before Houston, um, the first round and, uh, just trying to make everything work right to where, um, we have the optimum success and my body's working perfect. So I'm stoked. I think everything's going good. I'm just, uh, I'm just nervous, excited. Yeah. For yeah. Everything going on. Just so you know, you talked about when you get right, trying to figure out when you need your body to peak. My body peaks at about nine fifteen PM to nine twenty PM. <laughs> That's it. Uh, dude, my body peaks at midnight. I'm such a night owl. It's oh, yeah? not even funny. <laughs> you know, I used to be, but in the last, I, I just turned 45 in July, and like, I really started noticing a difference in the last couple years. Like, you know, I, I was always like midnight, 1 a.m. We're up, to, you know, me and Amber up watching Netflix or whatever and getting five hours sleep. And now it's like about 8 30, like right about now, actually, I'm like, I'm ready to go to bed. Yeah, no, I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, I I don't stay up till you know midnight one a.m. Yeah, I I just physically can't. If if I don't if I don't get my eight hours of sleep at night, I'm like absolutely exhausted for the next day. So 
just trying to be on a good sleep schedule, trying to shut my body down. I don't know why it decides to wake up at 12 p.m., but whatever. <laughs> it's all right. Hey, so what do you think about the schedule that Feld has put together? We got some changes today. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, the Atlanta Motor, Motor Speedway idea is it's something a little different. Uh, and I think that's cool. But just overall, a week in Houston, a week in Dallas, you and I are going to get to hang out probably, you know, I mean, COVID free, hopefully. But I mean, like, it's I think it's rad that you guys are going to be in a city for a week at a time, get a little downtime, maybe get to check out the city a little bit, not have to travel quite so much. Like, I think it's cool. But what from your perspective, what's it like? Um, To be honest, I think it kind of sucks. Okay. Um, But... On another hand, um, I love it. You know, I think it sucks that we don't get to go to as many cities because I sure, really enjoy. Sure. I really enjoy going to those other cities and like you know experiencing all the rounds of Supercross and going to the different tracks. I think that's really really badass. But as an athlete and you know as a ho- the homebody I am from that perspective, you know I love the new schedule and you know with the COVID stuff going on and just with the state that the world's in i'm i'm so unbelievably happy that we're going racing and i'm glad that supercross has figured out a way to make it happen um i think i'm i'm very fortunate for the schedule i'm happy that we have a schedule yeah and uh i think the three round thing is pretty cool you know being in houston um the tough part is always finding new tracks and i think another tough part is going to be uh, having even more bikes on the rig um, to practice on because we're not going to be able to ride our oh. practice bikes. You know, yeah, so good that's, point. That's a that's a tough thing. And then you know, Indianapolis. Um, I don't even know if you'll be able to ride <laughs> anywhere in Indianapolis. I doubt it during that time. Yeah, so, unlikely. Um, yeah, very very unlikely. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, that's going to be something that we got to kind of get prepared for. And then, um, cause you know, in Salt Lake, you know, we could go ride a little bit during the week and it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, you know, cause everything was close and we just took the practice bikes or whatever, whatever we had. And we went and rode a little bit, practice some starts, whatever we needed to work on for the next race. So that was sweet. Um, Atlanta motor speedway. I did not know it was going to be there. That's something that I didn't know until you just said it, but that sounds like it could be pretty cool. Um, depending on, you know, depending on the weather, obviously. And True. then, um, I like Orlando a lot. Um, uh, I think it's really cool that we get to end in Salt Lake again. I really enjoyed my time in Salt Lake. I thought that was one of the coolest, one of the coolest things Supercross has ever done. Um, especially because there was such good fishing. There was such good, there was good riding, good mountain biking. I mean, pretty much Salt Lake City is every extreme sports athlete's outdoorsman's dream. You know, I was- it's like the so it's like jealous a vacation home i was yeah, so no, jealous un- i didn't get the unreal. invite yeah it's unreal yeah so. I, we're not big enough we didn't we didn't make the cut for salt lake city uh i'm very <laughs> very fortunate we're getting there I, i'm trying man i i'm very fortunate that sean brennan is uh is going to give me a credential for houston and dallas i believe but that's probably it which i'm, I'm thankful for that like that i was worried i wasn't going to get any this year so I, i'm stoked on that um but yeah salt lake yeah. city seemed yeah, I, I lived life vicariously as a lot of us did through your social media and all the other riders, and of course that Steve Mathis guy. And um, 
it, it, it looked like a lot of fun. So I was super jealous. Yeah, no, it was cool. It was a cool experience. It's something, it's something that I'll never forget, and I think it's something that Supercross fans will never forget. Nice. You know, having to go through that. Um, and then, you know, the riots that were going on at that time. Oh, there yeah, yeah. So much, there was so much crazy stuff going on. It was it was pretty insane. Yeah. So, glad to make it out. Glad that they're back in Salt Lake City for the finale. Um, bummed that there's no Anaheim. Like, really bummed. I think we all are. Um, but, you know, permitting with what the governor has going on right now, I just don't think – I think Supercross made a smart move by not yep. going because there's just so many ups and downs going on with that right now. So, Absolutely. I don't know. It's, I'm just – like I said, I'm just happy to have a schedule, and I'm happy that we're going racing. <laughs> Good, Scotty. Yeah, uh, first of all, man, uh, I just want to say that, that – I loved the twisted T Suzuki. That thing looks <laughs> so sick. Um, I just kind of just kind of talk about the team, and you know, like you can have your same mechanic this year, and and um, what do, what do y'all have in store for this year? You know, is anything changed with sponsor wise or anything, or just kind of how's the team looking going into the season? Um, the team is actually looking really, really good. I'm not really allowed to say any sponsorship stuff yet. Um, I know that we do have Twisted T back on board, but there's some really big things in the works for sure um, for for the 2021 Supercross season, which I'm, like, unbelievably excited about. Um, as far as the team goes, you know, the team atmosphere, is, it's unreal. You know, Max Ancy's such a great dude. I love working with him. Um, I love working with uh, one of our new riders, Brandon Hartrath. Um He's just absolutely amazing, and uh, I just love kind of turning and burning laps with those boys, and I, I love the whole vibe of it. You know, it's uh, everybody's in good spirits, and everybody is just cool all around, and yeah. I think that has to do – I think that has to do with how Dustin runs the team. He really runs it, like, family-oriented, where it's like, you know, when you're on the team, you're part of the family, and everybody wants to be better. Everybody wants to have a good time doing this. And uh, and everybody's here to enjoy, you know, the experience of racing Supercross. And and don't get me wrong, yeah, we freaking work our asses off, you know, and and we take it serious at ATP Twist and T Suzuki. But at the same time, you know, it's kind of like the mentality that I've always had is like you got to have fun doing it too, or it's not worth it. So. Everybody on the team, I, I truly believe that we have the best team in Supercross. Um, we might not have the fastest team on Supercross, but I believe that Max Ancy is going to be somebody um, that's going to threaten for podiums, and he's going to do good um, in Supercross also. And I think that as far as an overall team, um, I think that would be one of, one of the coolest teams to be on in Supercross, period. Oh, I agree. I mean, think how far they've come. Was I think eighteen was Dustin's first year running the team? Um, yeah, that was like up in St. Louis, right? You and I and Tyler. You weren't even on the team then. I think they were just maybe they were transporting your bikes or something. I don't remember. Uh, you were TPJ yeah. then, but like just sitting there and talking to Dustin about the team that year and what he wanted to do each year, and each year things improve. I mean, having a, a guy like Dustin and his father and Hep. Dude, it's so important to our industry to have those teams. We see teams falling off left and right, going away, 
and we need the Hep Suzuki's and the Dustin Pipes and the guys to, you know, be there for guys like yourself, you know, and, and the Chizzes, man, my boy Chiz, you know, he, he wrote for that team. And I, I love talking to Dustin. I love that team. It's always fun, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. It's one of the coolest teams in the pits. Uh, maybe overlooked a little bit by the average, the regular fans that don't know a lot about it. But a lot of yeah. heart, a lot of talent, and a lot of passion on that team. Yeah, and I think um, I think one of the things you were talking about that you didn't mention about the team that I think is so important is that Dustin is a is a really stand up guy, and he's and he's consistent, and he and he keeps to his word. And I think the consistency and you know just the. Um, how stable the team is yep. is a testament to why we've grown so much and why, you know, why we're where we're at right, right now. Um, Dustin's an unbelievable guy. His dad is too. Billy Izernak is, and um, Mr. Holland is also. And it's just they've been so solid with everything that they do. You know, they're not. We're never really trying to say you know, oh, we're going to do this, do that, like it's a fairy tale land. You know, what Dustin <laughs> says he's going to do, he's going to do, and, and that's what we do. And, and we work within our means, and we do the absolute best we can with what we got. And I think that's why we've improved so much year after year. Right on. Um, I saw, I kind of, I asked A-Ray, we had him on, kind of a similar question. So you you kind of have, you know, you have your seven deuce deuce thing and and and, and the character. Yeah, the bit. character and Ralph brings it up and you hear seven deuce deuce seven deuce deuce and <laughs> so do you do you kind of feel like in order to kind of sustain your your career do you kind of have to feel like you have to play to that role a little bit or is it you just kind of you're just being you and it just and it just look it, It's endearing. It, yeah, it works out that way. Um, you know, it's funny because it's it is me. Um, but when I'm in front of people, I definitely, um, I definitely try to be better than, you know, Adam and Knapp would, you know, that's who I, seven deuce deuce, seven deuce deuce is who I am to the fullest. I can't change it. And that's why I come across so authentic. And that's why I have so many fans and that's why, you know, you know, people love me is because I, I'm authentic. That's who I am. Um, everybody has bad days. I have bad days at the track, um, you know, and, and sometimes life gets tough, but, you know, I just remember that, um, I have to be better. I'm, yeah. I'm in the spotlight and, uh, and I'm trying to do the best I can. And, uh, I want people to see that. And I think people appreciate it a lot. And, uh, I think that's just part of being seven deuce deuce. Seven deuce deuce is a star. You know what I mean? He, <laughs> when the camera's on. When the camera's on, I make sure I'm shining, and uh, it's part of life. Everybody does it, you know. When yeah. you're when you're at work, when you're doing your thing, um, you try to put your best foot forward, and you try to be the best you can. When you're at home, um, you can chill out a little bit, but you know you're still the same person you are at work. You're just trying a little bit harder to get certain things done. So yeah, that's yeah. pretty much seven deuce deuce is just who I am at work. And then I'm just seven deuce deuce plus Adam and Ticknap at home, you know? <laughs> so I think that was a really good question for you. And the reason I say that is, you know, when I first met you, you were the seven deuce deuce, man. I mean, you, you were, you were who we learned to love on Pulp Mex. 
and then over the last few years, as I've gotten to do some media stuff and hang out with you, even like I said, at St. Louis where there was no fans around, you were still the same guy, but I have seen you at moments in the truck where you weren't at your best. You had had something, you know, not in the happiest of moods, but as soon <laughs> as you step out of that truck and there is a fan Adam Intinap shuts off and the seven deuce deuce comes up and, and, and I don't think it's a character. It's who you are at your best, but you make sure to show that when a fan is around, like you're able to shut off, you know, compose yourself and be like, okay, like a, like a, you know, a musician or whatever, this person is here to see Well, you are a musician. This person is here to see me. They pay money you know, they're part of the reason I get to do this and you give them your best. Uh, I've never seen you blow anybody off or be like, yeah, I don't have time. I can't do that right now. Um, and that's pretty damn impressive when I, I hadn't really thought about it until just now, but yeah, that's pretty rad. Yeah. I think that, I think you just nailed it. I think it's just, it's not that I'm shutting anything off. I think it's just, I'm trying to give everybody my best. Yeah. You know, that's and, hard and that's to do. Yeah, that's seven deuce deuce. I'm just trying to give my best. I'm trying to put my best foot forward. I'm trying to get it done. And uh, I just, you know, it's sick. We, it's we sick. appreciate and, it. Those- and, 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 you know, it's, it's like, like I just said, dude, you've got to get shit done sometimes. Yeah, yeah. When I'm in the truck and I'm not happy with my bike setup or I'm not happy with whatever, you've got to get serious. There's a, there, in everybody's life, there's a time where you have to go, hey, this is what's going on. This is what we got to get done. And this is how we're going to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and sometimes, sometimes Dustin has to, re- you know what I mean? Has to say some shit to me. And that's just the way it is. I'm not going to be, when Dustin has something to say to me, I'm not going to be like, Oh, Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. you know what I mean? I'm going <laughs> to yeah, take yeah. it. I'm going to take it with a straight face. I'm going to make sure that I soak in everything he's saying. I'm going to try to compose myself to make sure that, I can understand and try to dissect why he's saying that to me so I can put my best foot forward when I get back on that track because I know whatever he's saying to me is just in my best interest. So, Of course. Um, I'm just trying to put my best foot forward. Sometimes you got to handle some stuff behind the scenes, but seven deuce deuce is the best adamantic nap. That's what it is. I, I agree, and I, you, you and your brother both are, are great people. I, I feel very blessed that I discovered Pulpomex and that Steve Mathis through Pulpomex shined a light on guys like yourself. I think it makes the sport better. It makes my watching the sport more enjoyable. So I'm very thankful for that. I've got two more things for you before I let you go. Um, we, I think anybody that really knows you knows that like you probably, your first choice would not have been probably to race the nationals, but I want to know what you like looking back on it. What did could you take some positive positives away from it? Was it something that you know five years from now you're gonna be like, man, I'm kind of glad I did that, or no? Um, I would uh, I would absolutely never take back doing that outdoor season. Um, it was really fun. I learned a lot. Um, I definitely learned a lot about momentum. I definitely learned a lot about. I think the biggest thing I learned was just mental toughness. Um. I didn't know how good I had it just doing Supercross. I really did. <laughs> nice. You know, and, 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 and you laugh about it, but, dude, outdoors is a man sport. Yeah. It, it, it makes – it made me appreciate Supercross so much. It's, it's hard. 
there's something about outdoor that is just so rad that those big jumps, the high speeds, and and everything that has to do with outdoor. And I, I definitely have a whole new respect for outdoor. Um, and like I said, I learned a lot about intensity. I learned a lot about um, how much cardio you need to do that. I learned training things. I learned so much. Um, I think the biggest thing that I'm happy with is just the mental toughness that I gained. And um, also, I think my rut skills improved a lot after being done with outdoor. So um, I would never take that experience back. I think it was exactly what I needed to be better at Supercross. And uh, it, it definitely made me go to the track every day, you know, now and be like, dude, you could be riding outdoor, but instead you get to ride this cream of the crop supercross track. So you better put the work in. I love it. I love it, man. I love so, your honesty. So that that's definitely uh, that's definitely my motivation for supercross right now. And I think it's I've definitely I've worked way harder than I ever have in the past. And that's definitely a testament to what outdoor showed me. You know, nice. Like, um. I definitely didn't have the fitness I needed and I definitely was missing a few key pieces. And one thing outdoors did was, man, it showed it with, with a, with a bright spotlight, what I needed to do. So that's good. That was, um, it, sometimes it's, uh, sometimes it's hard to take a lick on the chin, but sometimes <laughs> you need it. You know what I mean? For sure. So, Absolutely. A, a reality check. For exactly. I needed a reality check a little bit. So cool. I'm just happy that HEP supported me through that. I'm very thankful for that, and uh, I'm ready to get on with the Supercross season. All right. Go ahead, Scotty. Um, so you've, you dropped your trailer for your new short film, that new series that's coming out on 12 Deuce Deuce, which I thought was yep. really, really cool. Um, and you also, yep. you also have your 7 Deuce Deuce beef jerky. So uh, Ooh, I love yep. me some jerky. Yeah, so kind of talk about those, and you got, you're hustling, man. Talk about those <laughs> and maybe any, any other hustle that you got going on. Yeah. Um, I mean – the biggest thing is those guys at Motoco, Jason and Dom, are really going to show, like, I think they're going to show another side of who I am and why I am how I am and and what I do this for. Um, it's a really, it's a pretty gnarly little film. I think people are going to really enjoy it and they're going to be blown away after they're done, um, after they're done watching the film. And, uh, I just can't wait. It's unbelievable. When I, when I seen it, it like when I seen the cut so far, and these are just like the regular cuts, the thing gives me chills to watch it. Um, I think it's, I think it's brutally honest in some ways. And I think it's, um, a very refreshing look on life in other ways too. You know, we've had a lot of shitty things happen with this whole COVID thing. And, um, it's just been tough times for a lot of people, and I think maybe it's something that a lot of people need right now. So like I'm excited that. to share. I'm excited to share what's going on with those guys, and uh, I'm excited to share that new episode depth on December 22nd. Um, they did an unbelievable job filming it. I mean, those guys are absolutely top notch with what they do and how they film, and they're, you know, just absolute professionals with a camera, with scripts with um you know asking the right questions and how to make you feel comfortable i've never really had any problem feeling comfortable behind the camera but man those guys did a good job just helping me 
get the best out of me that I wanted people to hear. And, um, you know, with the jerky thing, you know, RJ Wageman, uh, he's been a good buddy of mine for a long time and he started this beef jerky company. And, uh, I was like, dude, you know, let me get on there and, and put my logo on something and pick out a flavor and, uh, let's sell some jerky, bro. Cause I think people would really enjoy it. Cause I love beef jerky as a snack. I like, it's one of my favorite things. I can't eat it anymore cause I got braces, but oh. I got braces and Invisalign, but I'll get back to it. Um, but yeah, so I went through about like 40 different flavors that they offered me and, uh, I picked black pepper beef brisket. Yeah. And I think it's just, I think it's just unbelievable. I love the flavor. Um, Western was already taken or else, or else I probably would have picked that. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, the company's unbelievable. Um, I, I also love, you know, supporting small businesses and, you know, supporting the people coming up and the people in our industry. I think that's really important. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and so I'm just having a good old time selling some beef jerky with those guys and then just doing a lot of music, uh, <laughs> Obviously, those two new tracks, "One Last Breath" and "Coming Back Around," are going to be uh, are going to be the two new tracks on that um, on that episode. Um, I've probably never worked harder on two songs, and I think everybody's going to see. I think everybody's going to see a new a new seventies suit, and I think they're going to be pretty damn blown away with what I have and how much work I put in on the music side and what I've learned and. I don't know. Uh, it's just, a lot going it's, on, man. Yeah, it's evolving. Yeah, you know, I got I'm I excited. got a whole bunch going on. But you know, I've always liked to have I've always liked to have my hands in a bunch of different things. I think that if you put all your eggs in one basket, um, sometimes it doesn't work out. Uh, absolutely, my eggs are mostly in my dirt bike basket, <laughs> but um, I have ADD for sure. So yeah, I like to do a bunch of different things and. Music is definitely one of my favorite hobbies that I do, and I think I think people are going to be pretty blown away with uh, with the, these two new songs. I, I think that people are going to be like, "Oh, damn! That's Seven Deuce Deuce for real!" Oh, I'm excited, man. So, yeah, no, it's pretty cool. I think I I really think you guys are going to be soaked on it. I think the whole industry is going to be soaked on it. Um, the songs don't particularly particularly have anything to do like have any dirt bike sayings in them yeah but um they pertain to dirt bikes so um it'll be cool i think people will be able to listen to it on a drive or listen to it you know before a race and and you'll hear why it pertains to a dirt bike but and and riding and and just my life but i think you'll also be able to listen to it enjoy it for what it is and uh and everybody can listen to it you don't have to ride a dirt bike so i think that's one of the that's one of the biggest things that I wanted to kind of achieve in my new music and, and just go from there. I, I definitely have some more dirt bike songs in the mix cause that's my roots. But, um, yeah, I think, I think these two new songs are going to be awesome. Dude, I'm excited. I want to, I have a, a music question for you before I let you go, but on the R jerky, uh, as you mentioned, that's Robbie Wageman's family's jerky. Uh, when I was in studio at pulp about a month or so ago, Steve gave me, some of the um, the sweet and spicy, I think it was. And oh, sweet and spicy, so good! I like the other one. I like the hot. I, it wasn't called hot though. I can't remember exactly what it was called. 
Um, it's called uh, Heat or something like, like. Yep. Yep. That I loved, and I actually texted Steve to see if there was a code because I want more. So anybody that's yep. listening to our show, there is a code, and I believe it's Pulp MX. So you can support. The, oh, there you go. Yeah, you can support the Pulp Show and support Adam. Buy some of that. I'm definitely going to place an order. So just for anybody listening that didn't know that, that's yeah, you could do that. Um, but okay, on the music note, I told the story last week. I blew myself out a little bit that I had asked you, and there was a misunderstanding to help me with a <laughs> a commercial for a Cherbies. And I don't think Scotty heard this last week unless you listened back to the show because well, you weren't I'm, here. I remember you, you told me okay, what was I going told on you with about the song. It, yeah, and I but had to cut. Adam thought that I just wanted help putting it together and I was going to do it myself. And I realized, <laughs> that, I realized that when I texted him and said, hey, do you think you'll have some time to record this? And he's like, what do you mean me record it? And he's like, no, no, no. I was just helping you write it. I was like, yeah, that's, I'm never going to record me doing that. But I, I almost didn't even want to tell people because I want, I felt like they were going to like bombard me yeah, wanting they're, they're to hear already, it. They already want to hear it. But, um, tell Bro. me, tell me your side of how that went. And <laughs> this man, I was embarrassed once I realized that you thought I was going to do it. Bro, I was totally stoked that you were doing it. When you text me about it, I was like, oh, that'll be really sick for his show. Because it's like, dude, why not have some corny, cool shit on your show? You know what I mean? I used to love making my own commercials, and it's just super fun. Yeah. And when you when you hit me up, I was kind of like, does he want me to do it? Or does he want to do it, and he just wants help writing it? Or what does he want me to do? And I just assumed you're like, yeah, bro. I want you to help me write this. Here's some, you know, send me some stuff. And I kind of just, we went back and forth a yeah. little bit and I just helped you write it a little bit. And I was like, wait a minute, you wanted me to wrap it? Yeah. I'm like, dog, dark side. Uh-uh, dog, that's you, bro. Yeah. Well, I told everybody <laughs> that you called me to discuss the lyrics and you're like, okay, hey, like wrap it for me so I know what you're thinking. And I was like, oh, hell no, you're going to record this and... The next next Monday night, Steve's going to play it, and it's going to be uh, – all he does already is make fun of me and give me crap. I am not putting anything else out there in the, in the universe to, uh, to give him more, more leverage I, or more ammo. Hey, so. hey, hey, dark side. Yo. You know what? In the words of Tony Alessi, any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. if, if – I, I wouldn't do you dirty like that anyway. Um, I would not record you and then send <laughs> it to Steve. Absolutely not. But, dude, it's – you know what? It, I think that, you know, when you're doing it, it's just something like you're in the moment and you're like, oh, man, this sucks or this is embarrassing. But, oh, dude – It was so bad. The thing about it – yeah, but the thing about it is, bro, we all watch drama TV – we all watch those stupid reality TV shows that there's a bunch of embarrassing shit on. Dude, we just want to be entertained. It's all for fun. Okay, whatever. Somebody makes fun of you for rapping. You're not a professional rapper. You had to go at it, and then there's some chatter about it, and we made a commercial that people are talking about a service. Yeah. Whatever, it's all good. You, bro. you and your brother, you and your brother can't even say it right. It's a Cherbies. Dude, a Cherbies. Nope. I say a Cherbies. I, I don't know, know why. I and fully, talent. fully I gets mad. told me it was. Yeah, fully, fully gives me crap. All he's like, tell them to say it right. It's a 
chair, like you sit in a chair. Bees, like you get a stung by a bee. bee. A, a chair bee. A chair bee. There you go. Uh, Dude, it, I got it. I'm telling you. <laughs> hey, I, Tyler, Tyler did a commercial for me like a year ago. And yeah. I think we recorded it like probably I had him read it like eight or nine times. And he would say it right until I hit record. And I finally just gave up. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, all right, man. Hey, I'm going to let you go. But before I do, how is the beautiful Ash Money? Oh, she's on her way to me right now. Okay. And she's doing fabulous. Um, her job is tough right now because they're trying to deal with COVID shit. Like yep. 90% of a people, 90% of people in California. Um, but she's doing good. She's trying to get as much work done as she can. And uh, she's definitely ready for Christmas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. So that's coming up real quick. So we should be stoked. I think I'm going to try to... I think I'm going to try to cook a prime rib for Christmas. I think I'm going to smoke a prime rib for Christmas. That'd be I like it. pretty bomb. That'd Heck. be pretty fire. And then make Ash Money some uh, some shrimp or some salmon or something. Ooh. I think that's the ticket. I need to come to your yeah, house. I, I smoked some salmon on my birthday. 100% worth it. So good. Dude, it's so good, yeah. huh? Man. All right, Adam. So good. Hey, man. It's It was a pleasure to have you on the show for the first time. Like two years ago, you're like, no, I'm pulp only. But we finally. Put, ah, <laughs> we dude, finally, you know I was just giving you a hard time, right? I, I had to, I had to earn it, I guess. JT Money, J- Jason Thomas, kind of the same thing. Like the first year, he was like, "No, I'm pulp only. I'm pulp only." And then, he, you know, about a, I guess in the last year or so, he he came on. He's like, "I think you earned it. You've been working hard." So. Ah, that's funny. All right, Adam. Hey, man. You have a, a great evening. Look forward to seeing you in Houston, dude. Hey, I appreciate it, Dark Side. Hey, by the way, too, you're killing it on the podcast, dude. I love it. I appreciate it, man. We uh, you're doing we're, awesome. We're doing the best we can. Uh, I I don't ever expect to, uh, you know, I'm a long way from Mathis. Mathis is the best at it, but I, I think we. Hey, bro, all it takes, all it takes is consistency yep. and good content. There you go. All right, hey, I appreciate you as always. One of my favorite people in the pits, and I look forward to seeing you, man. Thank you so much. He- Heck yeah, Merry Christmas, boys. We'll talk soon. All right, you too. See ya. All right, bye. Bye. All right, Adam Minton Knapp. Um, man, as far as guests go, I think a uh, really great show. Yeah, it was good. Um, I think TJ I, I, and Daniel are almost – well, I wasn't supposed to say that. but Oh, are, they've already they, – Well, I haven't said it on here. So Yeah, that's true. But that's okay. So I think our guests are almost ready for the Blood Lubricants Crossroaded. We'll give them a couple more minutes. Um well, actually, let's go to commercial break. We'll be back with our blood lubricants cross-redded section. All right, guys, we are back for the last segment of the night. It is the blood lubricants cross-redded segment. Uh, non-moto, free talking on just general subjects. Brought to you by Blood Lubricant Oil Lines, which were created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. Who's got all the background noise? It's probably me. Well, stop making all that noise, TJ. I'm going to have to cut you off. All right. Uh, Blood Lubricants has many lines of oils for all your needs, whether you race motocross, UTVs, or even sprint cars, like our buddy, uh, our, uh, my mind just completely blanked. Um, (laughs) She, Andy Gregg, our buddy at Guts Racing, Andy Gregg, sprint car racing. Blood Lubricants has what you need. Visit (laughs) bloodlubricants.com and use promo code Moto X, so that we can kick Chris Kiefer's butt on the sales. But tonight, for the cross-rutted segment, DJ TJ's on the line. We don't care about him. 
our good buddy from Main Event Moto, Supercross, Live, NBC, all the good shit, Daniel Blair. What's up, dude? Uh, speaking of cross-rutted, that was, that was a rough start. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dark Side. I'm sorry, but I was laughing with you that whole time. With yeah, I'm sure. TJ, quit making all that damn noise. I'm not making noise. There's some background noise somewhere. Okay. me. All right, guys. So, Daniel, I didn't tell you any of this ahead of time. You thought it was going to be Moto Talk. This cross-rutted, blood lubricants cross-rutted section is just things that we think about during the day that we want to have an open discussion. And the topic tonight... I know why you're calling me. I know why you're calling me. You Okay, tell me, because I don't know now. You don't? No. What's this weekend? What's oh, this weekend? Oh. <laughs> I was going to bring that up. That's not the topic. I will be there okay. for the Cowboys Niners. Okay, I thought that's why you were... I mean, you're teasing me with this non-moto talk to no. get Daniel on... You, all you do is run your mouth about the Cowboys. <laughs> so I figured this was just a big setup. But all right, well, then never no. mind. What are we talking about? We were. I was going to bring that up because I will be at Cowboys Stadium this weekend for that game. Yeah, well, my Cowboys stupidly will probably win that game because they don't want a good draft pick. <laughs> um, they want to stay mediocre forever. So, yeah, you're, you guys are in trouble because my dumb team doesn't understand how to really do this thing. Right. I don't know if you watched their Bengals game. Idiot. Oh, yeah. I saw uh, it. But anyways. All right. This is dumb. Sure. <laughs> TJ doesn't like football. I might have to cut TJ off. Um, all right. Tonight's topic. You do realize that most Americans like football, which means you are in the minority on this. Button. Hold on. Hold, hold on. Danny. Here's the problem. If football is super, super, super popular, Amazing. it makes sense. Uh, it makes a lot of sense that it's super popular. But if why is it that nobody ever really plays football? Like we all dirt bike racers and we all ride dirt bikes and watch thereby stuff but unfortunately like or not unfortunately but weirdly enough you would think there'd be like a flag football game on every corner but there's not it's because a bunch of people want to relive their high school glory days they think they're awesome <laughs> hey daniel in case you don't know tj is our local idiot idiot okay well i i didn't i, I didn't know that but i was i was coming to that conclusion on my own yeah anyway <laughs> so uh, but no, good to know. Good to know. All right. Blood lubricants cross redded topic of the night is uh, bullying and the what I'm going to call the pussification of America, Daniel. Um, oh, boy. Look, man, you're a little younger than me. But bullying me. Listen, in, in my days, in my youth, you know, there, still, I guess there's bullying and sometimes you learn things from that and you take you, you know, as kids, our parents told us, look. Uh, sticks and stones, you know, the, the whole saying, words can hurt you, but sticks and stones can hurt you, but words are never, whatever the damn saying is. Words can't hurt you. <laughs> Danny, what do you think about how things are changing? Is it changing for the better, all this crap about bullying and, and softening kids up? What do you think? No, nah, no. Nah. See, we're, we're in a good spot right now. So soft times make soft people. Hard times make hard people. You've heard that before. When sure. things are too good, people kind of – settle in on life, they get a little bit comfortable, they, and then they, they still complain about things because they can't help it, but they kind of have to look for things to complain about. And I, I think that the pendulum swings both ways, and I think we're on the we're on the backside of that crap, and I think it's going to turn around and be a lot better from here on out. And that's just how society works. I've learned that in the last, actually, a couple of months just reading some books and how a lot of the things that we've done as a country is like, recycled itself, and I think this is kind of one of those, and we're just 
we're just soft and weak. Like we, we haven't been through much as a society in a long time. And of course, not everybody. There's parts of the world and people that go through things. But as a huge like majority of society, it's been smooth and easy. And I think everyone's just kind of soft. But things are things are I think are turning around. A lot of the parents that I talk to, just the way they parent their kids, it's it's a little more old school. And I think you, I think we won't see that until this like kid generation now kind of turns into teenagers and adults and then we'll I think we'll see a, a completely different style of uh character you know what I mean yeah but don't you think that like as some of the bullying quote unquote or kids being mean to other kids like to me you can learn from that like I mean you you learn to defend yourself a little bit hopefully or deal with these situations that I feel like some of these kids today aren't prepared for, like real life. Like when you get out to I be know, an adult. I know why you got me on here. I know why you got me I, on here. I really don't have any ulterior motives, man. I just thought you'd be good. It's because I'm short. Ah, well. And you knew that I may have been bullied <laughs> when I was young. I think we were all bullied and probably Jeez, all dude, bullied. You got some straight deceptive motives getting me on tonight, dude. I got <laughs> blindsided. I thought we were going to talk about Houston. And now we're talking about the Niners and being bullied and me being short. Like, what the hell, man? Man, you are uh, insecure as hell because I wasn't going to bring any of that up. But, shoot. But hey, you well, while, we're all, well, while they're there, let's open up. <laughs> no, <laughs> hey, I, I know I know exactly what you're saying. I, I'm just totally teasing. But yeah. I, I, I was bullied when I was young for being short. I, I, and I wouldn't say bullied, but teased, you know, and – Whatever. I mean, my, my daughter gets it sometimes now. She's really tiny like I was. So, like, I'm seeing it now a little bit, and I also live through it. And to your point, I know the point you're making is, like, that builds character, and it, yeah. it did to me. I mean, like, where I'm at right now in my life and everything that I'm doing, I, I'm, like, I'm finding success because I don't care about those kinds of things because I kind of learned as a kid to get over it. That Exactly. So I, I, exactly. And, that, and I know what you're saying. I think that the problem is is now and in the past, say, 10 years, is it's almost been glorified to call out the bully, to call out the... It's almost become like a, a like a, a, you know, it became popular to be the victim almost. Yes. And it almost got, like, more attention than it should have. Instead of those issues being handled at a more individual basis, it became a little bit like a fad in society. And you just, all of a sudden, it's all you hear about, hear about, hear about... And dude, there are people out there that do cross the line, and uh, people are bullied way too far. And those situations, of course, need to be handled. But I think some of that middle ground, some of that high school stuff or, you know, grade school stuff, that stuff's all been turned into, like, a big deal. And, man, I, I lived through all that crap in high school. I, dude, I was, like, 95 pounds my freshman year of high school. You think that wasn't hard? Right. But I got over it, and, I've, and I have found success, even though I walk around and I'm one of the shortest people at Supercross. I don't care, but exactly because I had to learn to get through it. I didn't get it; didn't turn into like me being like almost celebrated for being a victim. It's uh, it, it just went too far. It needs to go back to the center where you just look. You get bullied, you toughen up. If it goes too far, then you, it, it becomes addressed. And but I think we need to like move the line a little bit, man. I, like, I agree. Move Team- it back. TJ, I'm gonna let you interject because I, I mean, me and Mark and our, our all our friends bully the crap out of you, but you deserve it. Well, I allow y'all to do it to make yourself feel better about yourself. <laughs> I mean, oh, you don't even it, have to allow. It. We feel better about ourselves because way, we know you. Well, that way it brings me down to y'all's lower level, so y'all don't feel so inferior. But I totally get, <laughs> I totally get the. Um, 
the bullying thing. Our principal in high school would like if a fight happened, he would allow the fight to happen as long as both guys are wanting to fight, and then afterwards people get in trouble. The problem we have nowadays yeah, was, was is Daniel is we, your principal? We don't allow men to be men anymore, and I mean it's too much of a subject to get on like, as far as yeah, I don't time wise tonight. But yeah, the I mean I raised two boys; they're both men. They both got beat up by me most of the time. So I mean, <laughs> okay. I, I mean, <laughs> that's all you have to say. Yep, there you go. All right, Scotty, you got a thought well, on this? And I think the biggest thing is de- is defining the line between like camaraderie and ragging. Because I mean, I mean, as far as Pulp and our show goes, and the whole community, you know, it's it's a competition. It's, it's pumping your chest up, so everybody kind of rags each other. But we're all friends, so it's a difference between Mathis bullies the crap out of me. Yeah, well, it's a difference between belittling somebody to make your own insecurities go away. That's the real definition of bullying. Okay. So for, I think it's first of all define that that fine line and then second of all is to like is to make sure that like kids are still being taught to not just like like they were saying just to be a victim and to learn how to stand up for themselves and you know just not just not let it like ruin their life but also don't you don't want to be a victim and be spoon-fed yeah your whole, your whole life well i don't daniel i just feel like kids and this is a very general statement and i don't know any of this for sure but it seems like kids are getting softer like everything is a you know you, you have to coddle them and the every kid gets a trophy kind of crap I, I mean real life when you get out into the real world the job world it's not like that there is things that are aggressive against you sometimes and you might get bullied or, or bossed around and you have to learn to deal with that stuff and I just as I said the, pu- right. the pussification of America type thing uh, I mean obviously, you're right people people who like I mean, that's just the mentality of the world now. Stay in C-class forever to, oh, you up. know. TJ, all right, I'm, I'm hanging up on you. Daniel, <laughs> give me your thoughts, man. You're really the star of this segment right now. <laughs> well, I I mean, I do want to say that a lot of my perspective comes from just what I'm seeing at the track right now. I mean, I go with my son three, four days a week. Yep. He hangs with his little buddies. I mean, even they have these little issues where, like, Maybe the twelve-year-old being a little bit mean to the nine-year, like you know what I mean. There's there's a pecking order thing that happened in grade school. It happens as an adult. It happens at the motocross track. Almost in everything, you know, just this like pecking order. Yep. And the top, you know, the the bigger, stronger, cooler, whatever. They always will pick on the younger ones or the the, the less cool ones, whatever. And I see some of these kids, and, I, and I've seen it before in the past, where again it's. It's just, I mean, the kids are overly babied, and like I, I want to be totally clear. That's, I'm not saying everything. There are stuff that's crossed the line that parents and people need to deal with for their kids when it's bad. But I, but they definitely, the line got too close to like, hey, that's not really a big deal. You can handle that on your own. And I've actually seen my son come back to me and complain about some things with the kids, this and that. Sometimes I'm like, no, oh, yeah, that was kind of uncalled for. Like, I, uh, that was a little, you know, a kid maybe said something that I found inappropriate towards him or whatever. But then there's times when I'm like, dude, you guys are just being kids. Like, Go back over there and like don't allow that. Like yeah. you know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah. It's and it's not one of those things where I'm saying go the opposite and go fight everybody or or you know just coddle. It's like in the middle. Go figure it out. You're you know you're ten, and I've seen this little <laughs> thing at the track, and these kids seem to be kind of getting it. And all the dads I hang with, the kids will come up complaining. The dads, like, hey, get back out there and figure it out. So that's like like I said, I think there's a better balance there in the middle, and I've just been seeing that at the track the last year or two. So that's. My perspective is coming strictly from where I see kids and kind of this little thing that's happening yep. at that age group. You know, eight, nine, 
into 13, there's just this transition. I think that's what I'm seeing is it seems like the dads are all, like, telling the kids, hey, figure it out. And the kids are just going back and figuring it out. And they're all to get along there. They don't finish. They do the next. And it's, it's, it's growing some thick skin in an environment where, you know, like you said, you don't over-exaggerate some of the situation. You know what I mean? The, yeah. the big ones are big. But other than that, you can lighten up and tough it out and figure it out. That's what you got to like do in it. life. Figure I it like out. it. All right, so let's let it, we'll wrap up the blood lubricants cross rutted segment. Since you're on here, Houston. Oh God, Houston, man, what do you think, man? Are you, are you excited? Uh, three races in Houston. No. Uh, no, we don't really. A lot of lot of talent, man, this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, how you, we're just talking about the pecking order, right? I, yep. This is like the hardest year to ever figure out what the pecking order actually is. I. I I can make an argument for a lot of people. So, for me, I'm excited. I mean, obviously, I'm excited. Let's go to work. Like, I can't wait. But at the same time, I'm excited because of the unknown and really trying to figure out who's going to be the top dog. And if I'm being honest, it, it it all looks so much different. That makes it more confusing. We're not going to Anaheim. There's no four rounds on the West where things kind of get sorted out. Like, we're going right into the football stadiums on soft dirt with the traditional layouts, back to back to back. I, I, I I really think the first two, you know, Houston and Indy, it's going to be like a blur. I think the first six are going to be like what just happened, and, mm. and then I'm not too excited to figure out what what's the pecking order look like after. I mean, six races in how many days? It's pretty quick. So, yeah, uh, days, and yeah. of course, in in locations that usually by Houston and Indy, they, these guys have things figured out and whatever. And now we're starting at these races, so. I think it's rad. I think it's rad because it's just different. It's just it's going to have a different feel, a different look, and I have no idea uh, who the top three are. I, I, don't, I don't know. I can make an argument for probably seven guys. Right? Yeah, that's the problem. Like I was thinking about it last night while listening to Mathis' show, and they, he was like asking the guys their their top five, and I I made a list, and then I was like, oh wait, I forgot this guy. Nope, let me revamp it. Oh wait, now what about this guy? It's impossible in my opinion. Like you just. I just can't wait for it to happen, and we'll see what, what actually goes down. Um, but it, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I think Houston – I'm glad it's in Texas. I'm glad we get six. How about the uh, announcement today, uh, the Atlanta Motor Speedway one? That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. that was crazy. Um, I, I, I Honestly, I, when I first saw the schedule come out, it was just the city one. You know, it was just the cities. And I'm like, oh, dang, okay, Atlanta. And I didn't even think anything of it. And then I got a text an hour after, and they're like – Four Daytonas? I'm like, what? I've been talking. <laughs> like, I was like, you're an idiot. There's no four Daytonas. And then I looked at the schedule again, and I see that it's Atlanta, and it, and and you know what they did there. So uh, I, I I don't know anything about that place. I've never seen it. So I mean, again, if if it's an unknown or something new, I'm I'm into it. So yeah. I, I love it. Let's let's try it out and see. And if I'm being honest, like I've actually thought about this in years past. Like, why don't we have more Daytona? Like, why don't we go to Talladega or, you know, Texas, Mo- or Texas Motor Speedway? Is that what it is? That's the yep. one you guys got yeah. out there? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Daytona's a cool race, and I, why isn't there two or maybe three of those style races on the schedule and done in different ways? And I, I, I kind of like that. I, I, wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind seeing another one or two. And, then, and so to, to kind of maybe see that this year, Maybe now we'll get an idea of what that could look like. Is this a, it'll have a different type of soil, different place, different feel. It's not going to be Daytona 
I think you're you're looking at something that we've never seen before, and it might it might work. Maybe it takes. Yeah, Sean Sean Brennan. Uh, he text or he actually called me right before we went on air, and we we got him on for just a minute. And I guess they're doing three tracks, three separate tracks built, like individual tracks built in Atlanta. That's I. That's rad, and that, and that's what I got to say. I've been. You know, I've been doing those beyond the track interviews all summer long. So yeah. I've been talking to Sean, uh, I mean, every week. Pretty much we've been knocking them out every week. So I've been talking to them. I've been talking to the TV guys, just kind of catching up. And I, I got to tell you, like, you guys, I think everybody knows now the industry's pretty much all on the same page here. But the efforts that are going on right now to make this thing happen are insane. Like, it, Agreed. It, Salt Lake was insane. And this is insane, too, because we're still in the middle of this thing. And they are just working, like the Glendale, the Switch. These guys are 24-7, like you wouldn't believe. And the stories that I've heard in this offseason about what just what they've had to go through is insane. And when I see that 17-round series pop up, I'm just like, God, hell yeah, man. Like, God, we're going to do it again, you know? Yeah, and it, yeah. it just it bums me out a little. I don't, I don't want to, you know, twist to a negative here. But I, I do see a little bit of the, you know, Duh, no California, no <laughs> – and I get it. I'm California. I don't want to fly. I'd rather <laughs> right. be in Glendale than Orlando. Sure, sure. But, man, I, dude, I, if we got to go out in the middle of the desert to pull this thing off, or I, I'll go anywhere. I'll go anywhere to keep this sport going. And, like I said, we're in good times right now with good athletes. And we, we, dude, we got to all weather this thing together. And I think the fan base needs to understand that we're never going to get what we want. But we got something. And right now, I, I'm grateful for that. So that's, Same, that's just man. me, maybe. But I, I God, like, go anywhere. I don't care if we did Salt Lake again for seventeen. I'd be stoked. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. We just got to get back to Supercross and keep this thing going because we all love it. And it, it's just it, there's a void when it's not around. So that we, we let's let's pull this thing off and let's all be stoked. We'll get back to California. I, I'm stoked. Uh, I do have a couple more questions, real quick, for you before I let you go. Um, have you made the announcement? Has it been official? Are you back, NBC? Oh, um, I mean, yeah, I, I am. I, I didn't, I didn't know I needed to do that. But do I need to make an official announcement? Or well, I just, I mean, you know, do I need to hit up Cool Man Dan, my my <laughs> social media director. Yeah, I think so because every year it's like you you you're kind of waiting sometimes for NBC to say, okay, it's yeah, you're 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 rehired. You know, I, I want to make sure my buddy Daniel has a job, man. Yeah, we're we're good. Thank cool. you, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, that first year on the switch to NBC was. Obviously, there was a lot of transition. Everything went way late, but it's all been good since then, and everything's solid for next year, ready to go. And uh, I, like I said, I just can't wait. It, it does feel weird, though. Normally, it's like Christmas, New Year, Anaheim. Like it's just yep. usually the dominoes all drop in a in, a, in that order, it's like fast, boom, boom, boom. And it does feel weird, like getting a couple weeks into the year. And then going to Houston and starting brand like it, it, it is got a different feel, and I, I'm yep. cool with it, but. It is a little. It is a little weird. Um, okay, last thing, the the your pod main event's been going great. Uh, you guys yep. had a really cool raising some money for Jacob Hayza about started about a month ago. That went way better than I think you expected. Um, yep. How's that going now? I mean, it's. I think you still have you wrapped it up, or are we still going with it? Yeah, no, no, we're good. We we wrapped it up, did the giveaway. It's all good. We raised him a lot of money. Um, I I gotta give a huge shout out and. Thank you to Steve Mathis too. He did a he did a jersey on eBay, Zach Osborne jersey. Yep. So he contributed and helped Jacob too and got involved. And like I mean, 
I've said this before. You all understand. He's like family to me. Like yep. it's, we just we had similar upbringings, and when we met, it was at like a really solid time. Actually, in fact, I, I I'll tease right now, but that he's got some cool stuff coming up in his life. I'll just say that. But anyway, oh, uh, he he means he means a lot to me. He's, he's very close to my kids. My kids love him, and the fact that we were able to get together and raise this guy the funds to get through. I mean, what has been an absolute nightmare. It means a lot to me and to him. And, and like I said, he's on the mend now. He's good. all good. The, the, good, the, we're, we, good surgeon. The surgery went great. There, everything is on the right track. But that guy, if you all knew what he went through for five five wasted months. I mean, literally, five months of nothing that had to all be redone. It's like yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Um, but he's, he's very grateful. And, yeah, our, our fans and – um, uh, Steve's fans, and I mean, I know we share a lot of fans. A lot of sure. your fans are. We're all they're all fans. You guys are all killer for uh, doing what you did. He, it it was huge for him. Good deal, man. Well, Daniel, I know it's kind of last minute tonight when I texted you. I appreciate you having time for us. Um, can't wait to see you on TV, and I, I guess I'll see you in Houston as well. But I will definitely send you some pics from the sidelines this Sunday. Um, may, uh-huh. may have to do like a Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding kind of thing if it comes down to it. But Well, here's the question. Hold on. Do you do you want the Niners to win? Duh, dude. I want the Cowboys to lose. I want them to lose. Yeah, I, want the, I want a better draft pick. Okay, so I know my Niners are pretty bad right now, just like your Cowboys. But when it comes to playing the Cowboys, hell yeah, I want my Niners to win. Are you wearing a Niners jersey? Uh, well, I don't think I'm allowed to wear any Niners stuff because I'm going to be in a Cowboy suite. But I have a question. Oh, go ahead, TJ. So yeah. wait, the Cowboys wait, the Cowboys need to lose on purpose. TJ, yeah, so the Cowboys suck, TJ, really, really, really bad. They're not going to make the playoffs. So they need to get a better draft pick for next year. So they need to lose and be worse because they're already like the one of the worst teams <laughs> in the league. But they're winning games like idiots and ruining their draft pick because they're idiots. So you want so, your team to sandbag? Yes, it's, it's yes. Hashtag trust <laughs> the process. Uh, I love it. it. it, it okay, TJ, hey, you like basketball? He doesn't like anything. Uh, no, okay. no, he doesn't I mean, even I, really I like watching it. He doesn't even really like supercross. <laughs> okay, so there's a basketball team called the Seventy Sixers that tanked for like four years straight to get a bunch of number one picks. And their fans were freaking out. The, the general manager said, trust the process. And then all of a sudden, one year, they were good because all their number one picks were, you know, they, they just had a good team. So that's, <laughs> that's... The, the, the theory is get a better player by not winning games at the end when there's nothing to win for unless you have a crazy weird pride like Darkside who wants to win for some reason, even though both teams should be fighting Ridiculous. for a better draft. It's just against the that's Cowboys. Good. Oh, my God, it's so terrible. All right, I'm going to cut all the TJ stuff out in post. <laughs> Daniel, hey, thanks, man. Um, I'll holler at you this weekend. Maybe I'll, send you, maybe I'll uh, get a picture with a cowboy and send it to you. Yeah, tell Zeke to go on a diet. <laughs> okay. All right, man, thanks for coming on. Later, bro. See you, bud. TJ. That's, like, I didn't like sports before, like, really, because they're kind of boring to watch. But now it's now – I hate them, like, fundamentally. Okay, well, the, in football, they generally actually don't do what Daniel's wishing they would do. As a fan, he wants that to happen because he wants better players. But they're not actually going to do that. So they're still trying to win. He just doesn't want them to win because he wants his team to be better next year. It's still stupid. It's not <laughs> stupid. You're stupid. Do you have anything before we uh, call the show and I have to go back and delete everything you said tonight? 
Uh, yeah. As far as caring about Supercross, that's not true. I, I mean, know. it's not. You it's just not don't, my fault. That it's just weird that you don't like to go. Like you're like I'll, I'll just stay home and watch it. I don't even like watching it live. That's weird to me. But you're, every, everything about you is weird. Stupid. Because people are dumb. Because okay, hold on. You're dumb. I'm going to pay. <laughs> hold on. As a as a fan, I'm going to pay. How much is the ticket? Honestly, I didn't pay for tickets in so long. Forty fifty bucks. I think they're so they, the, I think they're quite a bit more expensive this year, but I don't know. Let's say a hundred bucks, right, to go to the Supercross parking, all this stuff. Let's just say you can do it for a hundred dollars. Okay. I'm going to pay a hundred dollars to go sit down in the seat, and then when something happens, the idiot in front of me is going to stand up because for some reason his eyeballs work better when he stands up. I don't know. So it's like, just sit down. Your eyes don't work any better. Just well, enjoy hater. the show. Hater. I'm telling you, man, it's the experience. Yeah, the but smell. this year, uh. this year, there's not even going to be anybody in front of you anyway. I've been to like 20 Supercrosses. I think maybe that's the reason why I'm like jaded about it because no. the TV coverage is so – I would rather sit around and watch the TV stuff that I can pause. I pay for the app so I don't have to watch commercials. That's amazing that it's, you paid the money well, for the app. See, normal people te- normal people have friends and they make like a big ex- excursion out of it and they go Dude, and they go we're going hang to out. the pulp show Friday night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hanging out that. hanging no, out with I want to go do that. Bunch of people uh, throughout the the days yeah. we're going to be there, maybe go to Three Palms and, and I, ride I'm, possibly. I'm planning on going to stay so I'm all for that. So you're going to drive awesome. down. You're going to drive down four hours to go possibly to the pulp show. Hours. Okay, well, from my house is four hours, but okay, three hours from your house to possibly get a ticket to go to the pulp show and then come back home. Um, no, I got a buddy of mine. Oh that, yeah, you mentioned uh, that. Lives in Houston. I already don't and... believe that. You don't have any buddies. <laughs> yeah, we just talked. About yes, that. I do. So, anyway, I got, I got a buddy that lives in Houston. I hadn't even asked him yet. I can crash there. I'll say no. I mean. He already said and no. Maybe I'll sleep in my truck if I have to. Well, I think that's that going, makes a ton of sense. Go I'm camp. gonna go down there and sleep in my truck so I can go to the pulp show. And I'm not gonna say for the race though. That's dumb. <laughs> it, does, it is kind of dumb. Just saying. You're kind of dumb. <laughs> um, hey, right, well, I gotta ask you something off air, but uh, I think that's about it then. So let's let's wrap this thing up. We're uh, right. yeah, solid show. Before I edit, we're we're at two hours and ten minutes right now. So I want to thank our title sponsor, Cherubies USA. And X Brand Goggles, Williams Motor Works, Extreme Colors, Torque One Racing, Shock Socks, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, all our awesome sponsors, our new Patreon supporter, all of our Patreon supporters. I don't know if you heard all that earlier, TJ. Um, mm. Did you hear what I had to say about our new? I didn't. I've been working oh. like like I'm still right. working right. I took a break from uh, work to come do this because so, I love the show so much. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so we did a giveaway a couple weeks ago for Fly Racing tie downs for our Patreon supporters. I asked them to send in an email to tell us why they like the show, what sets it apart, and also they could get bonus points if they gave you if they talk crap about you. I picked four <laughs> of my favorites. Um, emails i read them without giving a name and i let scotty pick the winner the winner he i'm picked, going to most definitely have to go back and listen to this this is gonna be great well uh, hang on a second so the winner is a guy named i believe i didn't write down brandon meeks i believe mm-hmm. uh that scotty picked and he literally just joined patreon today and he won Heck yeah. how awesome is that and we're gonna be doing some really good giveaways now just so you know 
um, nobody really talked any trash. They were like, oh, I can't do it. He's pretty nice. And blah, blah, blah. If they did, then so they I actually took points they, away. They would talk, they would the talk crap is. and say, oh, I'm just kidding. I think, yeah, Hal was one of them. He talked a little bit of smack, but Hal likes, but that's just Hal. So yeah, nobody really enough. did what I asked, and I was kind of not happy because <laughs> I need people to make fun of you. The, but, arm, the armadillo? Yeah. All right, we're going to wrap this that, thing up. The reason why, like I said, is because you're – I'm okay with take being the punching bag because, I mean, it brings me down to y'all's level and y'all feel more comfortable around me and not as threatened. If you say so. So I get it. All right. I, I can't that, tell if he's kidding sometimes. No, no, he's <laughs> probably serious. He thinks he's serious, but he's an idiot. Episode 182, that's it, guys. No show next week for Christmas break, but I will probably pick a random old show. Probably going to go back to the early days with Muscle Mark, and if I have one with, um, with Phil on there, I may play something really, like, old something that sounds a lot different i'm sure just to see what you guys think if you hadn't listened to old shows I'll, I'll pick something so uh download that check it out let us know what you think everybody we appreciate you other than that we are out of here <laughs>